All right, ready, everybody? We're going to start the show. Let's do it. Okay. Ready? Ready. Be, 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 be Special intro music. Special intro music. All right, look. Apparently, I messed up. Okay, let's try this again. Do the Ready? intro over. Do it over. All right, Ray, we're going to try this again. Be, 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 be shy. Speck on it. Nailed it. Fiftieth <laughs> <laughs> time's the charm, bro. Got it. Maybe the hundredth episode will get this right. Nope. Oh, snap. I just realized I don't have background music from here. Nope. Yeah. Oh, are you serious? Oop-de-doop-de-lee. We're doing an acapella show? Killing it already. Uh, uh, let me see what I can do. Seven minutes in. Pull it together. We're having the best. Killer show. <laughs> Killer show. <laughs> Shout out to all the what first time listeners. There? Yeah, what about down there? on the um, <laughs> Where there's turntables. The oh, yeah. That would help. Yeah. Where, cool. did, where did our turntable list go? I don't know. We I lost think he's Martin. putting shoes on. Anyway, uh, welcome to Beach Shot Radio <laughs> at Beach Shot Radio on Twitter. Uh, this is uh, a very special episode, but first, I guess we'll go around and introduce ourselves. Who do we have? with us tonight J- oh jb jb could you say that again jb jb aka wait put some put some put some put some respect on it that's right thank you uh messiah's here <laughs> i'm already blowing this <laughs> yep put, put some respect on it all right dj nate the great is here put some put some put some respect on it and <laughs> um i'm steve just steve Wait. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Man, my name put some respect on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. As if you haven't seen this just, clip just enough just this go week. Just put the music on. Just put the music on. 
We're going to bury this meme yep. into the ground. Well, oh, but, people should yeah. thank us though because we we destroy these like memes as they're getting like overused. Yeah. We single handedly ended we Damn Daniel. It. We are the last exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like when Damn Daniel happened, we put an end to that. Right. If it weren't for right. us, that would people still would still be still happening. Right. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we run into Daniels the of the world. You're welcome. Yep. Remember the, uh, the mm, oh my god, we ran. Mm, oh that my god, we ran that and said we ended that. Yeah. And and ha. Got him. Got him. Oh yeah, Got definitely. Him yeah, Twice. all that stuff. Yeah, we <laughs> Twice. We owe us. They owe us for that. Oh, we have someone else join us. Joining us. Yep. Hey. Mayor Sheehan. They're switching spaces. We can't hear you. I think your mic is turned off. You can use hey, this one. What up? Hey. Can you hear me? I think yeah. So. Hi everybody. Hey. hey, true. I'm true. Bye. Well, yeah, we had some technical yep, yep, difficulties, yep, 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 but I'm actually glad because this is our 50-ish episode, and uh, we've had technical difficulties for every single episode. So <laughs> I wouldn't want to break that tradition. Tonight, nah, true, true. Yeah, don't so I'm excited. Um, we have a uh, speaking of traditions, we have uh, a very special guest with us tonight. We're actually going to have two in a moment, but uh, for right now, one tradition is we make the guests introduce themselves because we're really low budget. So, who do we have with us on the couch? <laughs> Peace and love, y'all. This is Jonah from Soul Fire Farm. Hey, hey. Soul Fire hey, Farm. Hello. That was why we had the special intro music. Mm-hmm. Yes, which was Soul what? Fire. Which was Lee Scratch. Lee Scratch. Uh, Lee one Scratch of, one of the inspirational songs to the name of our farm. Oh, Oh, okay. One one of the reasons you named the farm that? One of the reasons. What are the... Do you have oh, like a list of reasons or... There's a, there's a whole story. Could you could oh it's a whole story. Yeah, make that happen. I like stories. Yeah. Can we can we start it off with that? You want the story? I want to know how Soul Fire Farm got that name. So okay, so Soul Fire. Um, everything we've done at Soul Fire has always been a response to our community. So uh, from the food we grow and who eats it to the programs we run to the parties we have, they all reflect our community. And so. With that in mind, you know, we we actually had a uh, naming competition. Mm. We put this out. um, We put our kids in it so people actually paid attention to it. And we're like, you know, give us our name. People submitted names for like... When was this? This was... This was probably like almost eight years ago. Okay, very right, cool. Um, I the, didn't even know it existed eight yeah, years ago. That's I did, amazing. I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't either. That's, no, that's crazy. The beautiful thing. So people submitted names for like a month, and you know, at the end of that month, I was like, the name is not on that list. I, I you know, I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's not on that list. And it was me and my daughter, Nashima, um, who I hope is listening tonight. Shout out to you, my beautiful daughter. Um, and we it's just a school night, actually. So no, there are no, vacation. there's no school. Oh, that's oh right. yeah, right. they're hey, up. Hey, everyone's up cereal, late. Watching cartoons. Yeah, everyone's no, up late. No so. beach shot after dark tonight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Would you prefer that we not curse tonight? <laughs> they're used to it. We, man, this is on the house speakers throughout the whole house every Tuesday. So. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> nice. Sorry in advance. Okay, so uh, be- before you go into how you got the actual name on that list of the uh, the names that people suggested, was there were there any like just joke names like Donald Trump Ranch or whatever, uh, Buttfire Buff- Farm? Nothing. <laughs> uh, there were plenty. Yeah, I'm sure there were plenty. But there were some top runners were things like uh, Rocks and Stars Farm, Drinking Gourd Farm. You know, those are the, horrible names. Those, Rocks yeah. and Stars. Exactly, it's know? like somebody just happened to be outside where they got the tweet about it, and they're like, "Oh, uh, there's some rocks down there," yeah. and I see. Some Stars. Uh, <laughs> She's like lamp and table farm. How about that? No, those, I've been there that, before. That's in, uh, that's in uh, Thanks, uh, so Petersburg. Those yeah. are actually my ideas. So. Oh, really? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so we look for we look to our, uh, our 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 musical inspirations for some names. It was my daughter Nishima and I were 
were just listening to music and we came across some some Bob Marley we were listening to Soul Rebel we're wait like, what's your daughter's name? Nashima when y'all, when y'all, when y'all saying my name put some <laughs> yo <laughs> I was not, not expecting that somehow <laughs> I somehow wasn't expecting that Whoa. yeah yeah exactly so well you and Nashima are listening to Bob Marley we're listening to Bob Marley we, hear, we listen to Soul Rebel and we're like this is it this is this is speaking to us we're living in a basement apartment on Grand Street in Albany and it's just like there's something in here we're really feeling this but it's not you know we're, we're more than rebels right this is this is bigger mm-hmm. we're, we're so um we came up with we kind of came around to Lee Scratch at the same time it was like yeah this is this is the fire of our soul like this is our life work this speaks so much more than our lives mm-hmm. and at the same time we found this track from Lee Scratch and we were just like that's oh, it perfect that's it so Boom. you were you, you so for dope. a moment you were almost soul rebel farm and then you were like we gotta push it even we further were, yeah we were like this this is something really close wow. there's something close here and um you know I think having now had two children and, and had the honor of naming them I've come to learn that you know giving a name isn't just about what the what that entity that's taking the name it also you grow into that name and I feel like that's been so true for the farm as well oh so it kind of like set the tone like the almost the goal of what you were trying to do with the absolutely farm. yeah well definitely. I think it definitely suits it uh, it's a powerful name it at first it reminded me of like soul glow soul glow you oh. know the uh, <laughs> afro sheen stuff but now no I, I I really appreciate it I'm glad you didn't go with the rocks and every stuff. time I hear it I'm like soul fire farm it's the big power I'll forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll work on that Jake <laughs> Official jingle. Uh, Lee Scratch pushed Bob Marley to do better. Into traffic? To, and musically. Uh, oh, snap. Yeah. He yep. pushed him. Yep. And you went from Bob Marley, and it was like Lee, you, you wanted to push it further. And Lee Scratch You and ended up there are man These, these ancestors keep, keep pushing us Amazing You know um, So we mentioned before This was the 50th anniversary And uh, the reason The reason we're calling it that Is uh, this This show actually Predates the podcast Now we have uh, If you go to our podcast Right now You can actually find 50, 50 episodes We had a little uh, Miscalculation Last week Because iTunes For some reason Deleted one of our podcasts uh, It was the episode We did about Chris Rock And, and the uh, the Emmy or the Oscars So uh, when we added That back in We're like Oh sh- we're we're already at 50 episodes mm. uh, But we were hyping this up As the 50th episode <laughs> We're like Screw it It's still the 50th anniversary We've been doing this For a year Like recording on the podcast And um, and we Even before the podcast Nate and uh, JB Were doing uh, the sh- you, were, you guys were doing the show And originally It started as like More mu- Like just music And Oh occasional. yeah It was uh, Friday What was it called again 518 Friday. 518 Friday. Yeah. Speaking of shitty names I mean uh, <laughs> Hey That's so hey. funny That's so y'all, funny Y'all saying my name Put some Respect. <laughs> yes, the same. Um, but it's, it, the show has grown so much, oh, like over the just the year. Yeah, it's it amazing. Has. Like it it not has. not in just listenership, but just in like content, and what we do, and the guests, yep. and everything. So yeah, because I, I remember I used to listen to the Fridays things, and then yep. one night you guys were like, "Oh, why don't you come through and be on?" And I think Tanisha was on that night, and then yeah, I don't know, just kind of yeah, kinda grew up, just blew yep. up. Yeah. Um, At first, me and J- me and JB actually after. Here's 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 the whole story, right? So yeah, after tell, tell, we, tell them the story. After when you uh, tell them the story, put put some respect put, on it. <laughs> Wait, when y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. all three of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> get the hot cue set up. 
<laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we were doing that on like our little pirate radio station, or right. not our. Not it radios. wasn't ours. It was uh, you know some affiliates mm-hmm. running a pirate radio station. Shout out to so, Rashim, right? Yeah, Rashim yeah, and yeah. DJ Mercury. Right, right. They right. actually have a new joint that they've started up, and it's oh. pretty. It's pretty popular. Isn't it like in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. Argentina. Sure is. It's in Argentina. Sure is. Argentina. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Oh, all right. wait, South why? Because yeah. they broadcast the here. Why not? Over there? Somebody the reached out That's to them to oh, cool. create a show. I thought that was like some tax shit. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have our free non-profit tax, <laughs> tax saving. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So yeah. So yeah. So that went. So that you know, like freaking Alan Shartok, like ratted them out, and now so they were off the air, right? So um, him thanks because public radio. Didn't also, yeah, uh, exactly. Sugar Bear <laughs> didn't Sugar Bear from ninety six point three get in on it? I heard that. Too. Uh, there are rumors circulating about yeah, that. We I don't know. I heard Musa, but Musa's my boy. I don't. See I don't Musa think it was. Doing I don't think it was like Musa. That, but uh, I actually spoke to Musa the other day about the new station that yeah, they got getting yeah. going uh, now. But I heard that Sugar Bear had an issue because. Uh, you guys were picking up some like five o'clock traffic from the, from Could've his been. show, and, and he like he called, <laughs> reported us. That's so fucking right. lame. And it got shut down. But now we're on the internet, so we can we can do whatever. Yeah, we do whatever now. So yep. yeah. So basically, after it, you know, so after that all stopped, you know, me and JB were like, yo, we still want to do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we like kind of like got on the internet. We got a little streaming service. All going. three of us, right? All three. <laughs> exactly. When y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. <laughs> Wait, that didn't work. That's the wrong one. But okay, it's okay. <laughs> I, 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 labeled after dark. I labeled the files. I know, I know. Wait, hold on. So we have... Stop playing with my name. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't even remember the story anymore. Forget the story. Kathy Sheehan? We'll have Kathy Sheehan Shout help out. out to Albany Distilling Crew. I can't yep. do those things. Yes. I can't do those things. Yeah, she can't help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we even picked up a sponsor along the way. Yeah, we do. Uh, a real sponsor. Yeah, because so. we were shouting out um, that other company. Yep, yep. In there, uh-huh. and they weren't even and giving us free for free booze. Hell. Yeah, yep. now now they're named after uh, they're a sandwich at Troy Kitchen. It's oh, delicious. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I've had one. Oh, it's delicious. Okay, <laughs> shout out to Troy. So Kitchen. anyway, uh, so we've come a long way, and now it's the 50th anniversary, and uh, we're super thrilled to have Soulfire Farm on. Uh, you gave us the backstory of the name, but there's still some people listening who may not be really aware what you guys do. Uh, I made the mistake. Of I was a little drunk at a, a barbecue recently, and you were there. And <laughs> always a good start. And going. somebody, yeah, and somebody asked. I think somebody asked me to introduce you to uh, one of the family members of Dante Ivy. And I was like, Hi, this is you know, this is Jonah from Soul Fire Farm. And I was like, you know, it's like a farm, like farm, stay farm. And I didn't really know what to say. I was like, they grow vegetables. I didn't know what to say. And unfortunately, Amani swooped this in, and she was like, No, it's not like any farm. They they do all this and all this and all this. Wow. And I was like, Thank God she took over because I yeah I didn't. Know what to say, and obviously I'm not what you'd call an outdoorsman, so it's hard for me to differentiate. Camping every year with his friend. Yeah, yo, every time I last time I was on your farm, I almost died. I got a tick bite. You got I a mean, tick, so I'm never going yeah. back. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad about that. You're living on the edge. I love it. Yo, th- I already got a tick bite. I almost had Lyme disease. I was in a car accident Friday. I feel oh like this gosh. year, some someone's trying to take me out. So. Yeah, avoid any not normal things. That's what I got. That's what I got. No farm but, trips. But uh, how would you uh, pitch your farm? And and because uh, your farm is. Extremely different, um, but can you kind of explain what Soulfire Farm is and, and why it is so different? Why it stands out? Oh wow! Um, 
Yeah, I could talk for two hours about that probably. Okay, just just, just, <laughs> some, just get in twenty no, seconds. Um, that's good. We're, yeah, I mean, we really see. Um, we really look at the whole the whole food system mm-hmm. and how food is not disconnected from all all these other oppressions that are really coming down on uh, black and brown people on on people living in poverty and that food is is absolutely a weapon and it has been used um, uh, 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 against poor communities against black and brown folks mm. um, it has been the source of an immense amount of oppression through uh, you know through slavery and and um, there's so much healing to do and so it's been used as this weapon um, that can also be an incredible healing tool mm-hmm. and so we really see not just the food itself having uh, this incredible capacity to physically heal ourselves physically heal our communities um, really giving people that that food to to, to live to their full potential, bring their minds to be able to think critically and, and really work towards those revolutionary principles that we believe in, but also like spiritually and, and the emotional healing that can happen by actually being connected to land and not confusing. And, and you know, I would really love for Leah to speak more to this. Oh, and by the way, Leah's on her way. She'll be Leah here Leah is on her way. She'll be here momentarily, but okay. that, that there's this, 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 I think, confusion that happened. I mean, slavery was such an intense thing and it was like as, as so many people one of the greatest human migrations in history that we don't talk about was the great migration from the south of, of southern blacks to the north which created the landscape of, of our urban our urban country that we know it today okay. and and leaving the land was a huge part of that and we see that uh, if we're not connected to the land we give up so much power you mentioned slavery earlier and I know uh, your farm does a lot to com- combat racism and uh, the, the whole slavery aspect I, I feel like there's almost this uh, disconnect between the modern black community and um, and like the land, as you say it, because there's all this like history and baggage that goes with with farming. So whenever I see a photo, even of like black people farming, my, the first thing that pops in mind is slavery. You know, so uh, and and that shouldn't be like that shouldn't that relationship shouldn't be there, um, but it's there nonetheless because of the history of our country. I, I read an article recently about a a black woman who was into BDSM, like like you know kinky or sex stuff, and she's like, every you know I really want to be into it, but every time a whip comes out, it's like I just first thing. I I think of a slavery and it like turn you know it's like a, a downer yeah, for me you know yeah. so uh and and the same thing i feel like there's that same thing with uh with the land and when it comes to farming and and a lot of um black americans have kind of just they've kind of separated themselves from the land and the soil for for possibly some of these reasons or that visual uh relation to doing like farm labor or manual labor in in the you know with the land uh so do you do you think that it's important to like is part of your goal to like get people past that or try and like give give keep people a healthier relationship to the land absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen, you know, what what happened from 100 years ago, 1920, right? Uh, black farmers made up uh, a, a, a huge chunk of the of the fa- like land owning farmers in this country. Really, 20 percent, um, and that that is within Jim Crow. That's within sharecropping conditions. Black farmers were the most incredible agrarians. Uh, you see uh, a lot of things that are coming out of you know what we call quote unquote the good food movement quote mm-hmm. unquote the organic movement CSAs community supported agriculture farm share kind of thing that came out of black farmers uh, cooperatives the cooperative movement came out of black farming cooperatives um, we have so much intercropping systems organic organic growing methods that we now pay out the ass for so, but what happened from the 20s when you so you what saying- happened was um, 
I mean, it was straight up. Uh, despite Jim Crow, despite these these mm-hmm. these sharecropping conditions, black farmers were were making it. They were amassing more land. They were amassing more power because land back then equaled directly equaled power. How how did they have access to it then? When all like the black codes were going on, how did they still have access to land at the time? I'm just curious. Jim Crow was a huge reaction to it. Mm-hmm. It was there was this this time between uh, you know like emancipation and Jim Crow where black farmers were gaining land mm-hmm. um, and it was it was straight up it was uh, uh, it was it was laws it was federal laws it was KKK mm-hmm. um, you know lynch mobs all this kind of stuff was was par for the course mm-hmm. um, and so you you know some historians will give credit to you know the great migration because of World War II people coming up north looking for jobs mm-hmm. great migration ha- started way before way before that and there was this huge mass exodus um, it was just we got to get off the land the north is the north's where it's at really um, so f- did farmers like give up black farmers give up their land or what? they were th- it was being stolen from them okay. they were being uh, successful black farmers were, were were often either run out of town or, oh, okay. or killed or, oh. or murdered by lynch mobs. This is news to me, Danny. You guys know I didn't know that yeah. there was like, no, yeah, <coughs> uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know there was a period no where black folks just owned yeah. a decent chunk of land. Like, yeah, yeah they, so, I still have family in the South that owns land because of that situation. From that, they didn't and, and, leave. You know, in Albany right here, we have a huge uh, a huge population of folks that, that have their roots in Mississippi. And it's because one of the train lines mm-hmm. came close up to here. And so um, we have Mississippi Day here in Albany, and that yeah. makes sense. Right, and so depending on where you go in the country. So, so what percentage of land today is owned by people of color? If you were saying twenty percent or so was owned in the nineteen twenties, how much is today? It's less than one percent. Yeah, less Way than one percent, and most of that, most of the farmland in this country is, is held in the hands of uh, large agribusiness corporations, which are predominantly run by white men. Okay. So it's not just it's not even individuals anymore. It's it's huge corporations, yeah. and and you know it's like if how can they possibly have the interests of 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 the people in in their best interest but even more so they're not even thinking about who's living in inner city Albany Mm -hmm. in North Troy in you know South Bronx so um we got to feed our communities. You know, this, this this food. Like, what happens uh, when when you eat that bag of Doritos versus that apple is huge physically in your body. And so you telling us we can't we can't wrap purple bag. In <laughs> I will I, never I make you feel guilty. Something. I feel like I forgot some tonight, <laughs> and it was intentional because I knew Jonah was going to be here. Subconsciously. <laughs> um, how, how how connected are the Soul Fire Farm people to the Rap Road? Um, my, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that is. Uh, are people here familiar with the Rap Road? Nah, nah, nah. I, nah. I, Jackie Williams touched on it briefly on an earlier podcast, I believe. But uh, yeah, no, fill us in. It was just that's a, a community near Crossgate Mall, right? Yes, yes. So Rap Road is. Um, it's actually, I believe, part of its or, or all of it. I, I hope is being preserved as a historic site because mm-hmm. this is actually one of the uh, the homesteads that folks who moved up, who migrated up, they started this this black land collective right right behind what's now Crossgates Mall mm-hmm. and we're growing food you know after moving up here from the south um, and it's still predominantly a black neighborhood like black community yes okay. exactly oh really exactly and those families there's there's definitely um, I got to speak with some of the um, the younger folks who's mm-hmm. who's uh, who's like family were the ones who started that um, so we're getting more and more connected to them and love to hear those stories and I think so much of this you know yeah we can throw statistics at you and Leah's way better at that than I am but it's it's these stories and you know what 
what was what was lost in 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 not telling the stories of of, of kind of this intentional forgetting that uh, this this generation you know can be connected to the land. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, Rap Road is where the Albany landfall is. So, do you think that was a spiteful move, or <laughs> or, uh, or some kind of um, it is move close. against that community? I- Come in! Oh, someone's at the door. So, the, I mean, am I, am I just like throwing ideas out here, or do you, or is that? Or did they say you're, you're saying? Did they say, oh, a black community lives here? Let's put the landfill here. Well, I, I'm more like, oh, we can just put it there. A rap road, you know, just black people over there. Yeah. You know, some kind of nonsense like that. You know. Hmm. Is is that at all a possibility, or am I making stuff up? I mean, or am I just we, like we would be? Spe- it could be a conspiracy. It's, we, it's could, we would be speculating. Is it is it a coincidence that um, you know landfills regularly go in close to black communities? That trucking depots regularly are close mm-hmm. to uh, poor black communities? No, those not, that's not coincidence. You know? Right. I used to work on Rap Road at a Center for Disability Services residence, and I noticed there were a lot of black uh, just folks that lived in the area, and I thought the same thing. Actually, I was like. Oh, it must be cheap land because it's by the landfill or something. Uh, or, yeah, that was—I uh, just, you know—that was just my own thing. Because because yeah. the center houses that they also go to neighborhoods that usually are uh, like lower income or places because th- those places tend to bring the property value down. Right. So they usually go to places that are already uh, really urban or uh, just like, you know a lot of minorities in the area. Yeah. So that's what I thought. I just assumed it was like the land was not high, you know, profile or you know, so right. they, could, they could take advantage of that. Um, I wonder if Crossgates Mall like wants that community gone so they could. Make parking lots out of it because it's like right. There. Oh shit! Yeah, I would assume right. they're constantly it's right there. <laughs> well, you know, my um, there's like townhouses back in there. Now I don't. I know Rap Road. I mean, stretches up into Central Avenue and then down to the Washington Avenue extension, right? And then you, then you cross over it, and uh, yeah, my brother lives up and through there, and there's like some townhouses and stuff back in through there. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? That area, like yeah, right yeah. behind Crossgates. Mm-hmm. So, is, are we talking about that whole area? From Central to um, Western or, or Washington Avenue, or what are we talking about? I I, I will not claim to be uh, an, an expert. You are not a, ra- I am not a rap you know, road we're, expert. We're connecting with these folks and and yeah. and delighted to know another black farming community. Yeah, um, that's really pulled their tradition straight from the South. Cool. Uh, we're joined by another guest, and we would like you to introduce yourselves because that's our tradition on this 50th anniversary of Beach Eye Radio. 50ish. Who's with us tonight? <laughs> Hey folks, this is Leah from hey. Soul Fire Farm. Hey, hey Leah. Uh, earlier we went around and we had uh, you weren't here, but we had everybody say their favorite cartoon show from when they were kids. So could you just share that with us? <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch television. You weren't allowed to watch cartoons. No. If you, okay, do you, the only thing I was allowed to watch was the Cosby Show once a week. Once a week. Mm-hmm. That backfired, didn't it? <laughs> that totally backfired. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no cartoon. So how old were you when you saw your first cartoon? She's like, I was twenty four. <laughs> I don't even know. It would be like sleepovers. It's kind of like our kids now with video games. They like go to their uh-huh. friends' houses so they can play video games. I went to my friend's house and I watched whatever they had. Me too. That's how we do. That's how we do. That's how you got to do on a Saturday morning sometimes. 
I guess. Or for you, maybe all the time. For me, it was Saturday mornings. <laughs> um, well, well, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, we're doing the 50th anniversary edition. <laughs> we kind of explained earlier why it's the 50th. We're, just, we're somewhere around 50. We lost count. So, uh, but we're we're in that vicinity. So it's the 50th anniversary of Beach Out Radio. And um, ish, we, ish, <laughs> ish, ish, ish. And uh, Jonah was just kind of fill, filling us in on the relationship between um, black people, people of color, and the land and how that relationship has deteriorated and earlier he mentioned that food has been used as a weapon and I was wondering if you could elaborate on that how ways in which food has been used as a weapon in a contemporary sense but also going going back to when um, you know African Americans first were brought here oh damn that's a long story <laughs> but that's essentially what that's what he said that's what we're passing it off to you <laughs> So, I mean, we can go back certainly to our ancestors being stolen from the coast of Africa. And it wasn't like people were rounded up at random. So uh, experienced farmers who were rice cultivators, who were herders, who were uh, geneticists, who were able to to create new seed varieties, were targeted by enslavers. Really? Stolen. Absolutely. And the accountants and shit stayed there. And they're just like, you... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Like it wasn't... Too soon? Still too soon. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I'll try that in 500 years. <laughs> so just a warning, I'm going to be way too serious for y'all because I'm like the actual thing. Do you need, do you need a drink? You, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. All we right, got tons of drink. Go. Shout out to um, Albany Distilling Co. <laughs> We're bringing over some whiskey and tea. Is Albany Distilling Co. kosher for Passover? That's the question. Nope. No oh, way. Uh. No, barley is one of the five prohibited grains. Hey. Oopsie <laughs> But wine's not. Was that wasn't <laughs> on the... On the oh. So they, they took the, the, the farmers and, and uh, botanists or whatever from, from West Africa, therefore leaving Word. the people in Africa without those specialists. So that's one way food you know was used Absolutely. As a and took skilled people and stole their knowledge and their seeds mm-hmm. and, you know, built this entire nation on the backs of our ancestors. It's like Uh. trillions of dollars of wealth that's owed to our people. Mm. So right from jump, obviously, but even after, uh, you know, after emancipation, there was a 40 acres and a mule promise, the Sherman's order, but that was never fulfilled Mm. because President Jackson reversed the order. So people had to save their Sunday money to buy land and were able to get land. $10 bill, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. The 14 14 million acres were like bought by our ancestors, but those have been stolen, you know, over the past 150 years. Mm. It was like federal policy, it was unscrupulous lawyers, it was the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacist group that would punish people for civil rights activity by by driving them off their land. So right now it's like less than 1% of the land in this country, you know, that's owned by black people. And and the whole civil rights movement wouldn't have happened without black farmers. Like, we need to have land because the black farmers were the ones who provided food, shelter, clothing, safe haven for all the civil rights movement activists. And because they couldn't be fired by anybody, mm-hmm. they were the ones who led the revolution. They were the mm-hmm. one, the leaders. And so I think it's crucial in so many ways historically. And then also, obviously, now our, our communities are flooded with crap food that makes us sick and is killing us mm-hmm. at high rates. So Purple we, bag Doritos. Will you please leave exactly. the Doritos out of this? There's Twinkies. Talk about other foods, please. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> it's, a uh, so, it's a soft spot for him. Please, there's there's vegetables in there. I've read the ingredients. Yeah. There's there's, like there's corn, curry there. powder, or something, right. pepper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you come back from this? All right, so less than one percent of the land is uh, in the United States is owned by uh, by black people. Um, land is expensive. I'm assuming. I don't know. I've never tried to buy any. But uh, yes. so how do you come back from something like that? Do you need it from the government, like the land they own, or or do you? How do you? Without wealth, how do you acquire this land? 
Well, we have to transfer wealth, right? Okay. So right now, the wealth gap between white people and black people in this country is 13 to 1, mm-hmm. right? And so we either beg for it, so that's what like the nonprofit industrial complex is about, yeah. or we sell our services, so that's what what we're wor- you know we work. That's how we ended up getting our land is we worked and saved money, or we have some form of reparations. Mm-hmm. So taxes can be a form of sort of controlled reparations, uh, or you have unrestricted reparations, which no one's really talking about right now. Or you steal it. Steal it. You steal it back. Right. That's what I was waiting for. You can steal it back. I'm that's what that. they're doing in Brazil okay. and El Salvador. Say word. Stealing it back. Mm-hmm. Occupy it. Squat it. Take it. You, you mentioned thirteen to one. Uh, the ratio between uh, wealth between black and white families, right? Uh, I, th- I actually thought it was a little higher, but you, th- essentially that means the median wealth of white families is thirteen times that of the wealth accumulated wealth of black families. That's correct, and that's directly related to slavery. I mean, that's there's no, correct. Yeah, it's that, inherited. Yeah. And w- yes. What bothers me about this is that I feel like a lot of white people tend to not really consider the, the impact of that wealth, or sometimes they just discount some of that wealth when you know when they're uh, discussing their own like hardships or their own poverty or whatever, um, because I know poor white folks who have like a dad that owns a mechanic shop or something and they don't count that and it's like well, how are you not counting that you get your car fixed for free and he owns this place like that's wealth when he drops dead that's yours you know and uh, th- that stuff adds up and over generation to generation it's like that that plays a huge role in what we have to pass on and a lot of people of color just really don't have anything you know anything to pass on um, so yeah I mean that's that's why I feel like stealing is the most viable of these options because <laughs> it's either like work enough to buy a significant amount of land <laughs> or like just hope you I don't know win the lottery I don't know like it just seems like such an uh, insurmountable th- uh, thing thing to do um, 1% that's such a small I mean <laughs> and uh, Jonah was talking about how in the 1920s uh, black farmers I guess uh, accounted for we should say around 20% of the land is, and was got, that accurate what was it 14% 14% so more but yeah. a lot more and then that was like taken away or they were <clears throat> the exodus to the north they kind of were pushed out and lost their land right okay exactly wow yeah um, got it and I think it's really important just to, just to highlight what Lee was saying about not just the land was taken, but the knowledge was taken, right? So much of the, so like you're talking about, the, the wealth of, of white folks in this country is the kind of, they don't, they don't think about it like it's on the back of all these black bodies, but the knowledge was also taken, like um, things that, that white farming communities white farmers are taking credit for they I mean, didn't even know a lot of that stuff they, it came it came straight from these from from you know these incredibly innovative black farmers okay uh, can I uh, Joan do you you identify as white I mean I identify as white yeah okay well can you give us a little about a uh, bit about your you know ethnicity sure yeah 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 I'm sure it's it's, it's weird um, having a white guy talk about this I was mostly standing in well for that's Leah. why I want to give a little context so, because everyone listening I, thinks you're black right now so. okay <laughs> so I'm not I'm not black um, and and uh, 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 when I was young I mean I grew up in, in like inner city schools in Hartford Connecticut I, I wanted to be anything but white but I think it's really important for me to really out myself as white um, because a huge piece of this work for us is you know what does it mean to 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 be part of this group that has been such intense perpetrators of such mm-hmm. hatred of such incredible oppression and how do we heal from that at, as a community you know and, and so like um, it's, it's really important that for me now uh, I, I feel incredibly honored to be on the farm and working with um, black and brown people in this context it's it, you know it really is nothing short of an honor to be in such a space but I'm also like 
taking cues from our activist community and taking cues from you know like ancestors like Malcolm X who said white people go work with white people mm -hmm. and um, I feel I've come to a spot where I, 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 I believe in myself enough that I can go do that with like a whole heart mm -hmm. and really like like put that forth with love okay. um, and that you're a Sephardic Jew I'm, I'm also a Sephardic Jew which yeah. means my people are which um, means you get stopped by the TSA security all the time because you look a little <laughs> hell yeah yeah okay so yeah like in my mind you're down that, that's because just because you I mean to me I always have a spot like I feel like Jews know a little about oppression first of all um, but also you you know you don't look like you're you would kind of pass for Middle Eastern you know I, yeah, I, I, I can pass and I have passed. and In the, and in the bad way, I guess, like you get well, profiled as Middle Eastern or something. Right? <laughs> or not. I mean, and sometimes, you or know. Cuban. Yeah, or Cuban. Or Cuban or whatever. Uh, you know, Cuban. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the, cops yeah. Would, the cops would pause for a minute before punching you. They'd be like, wait. <laughs> no, but I, 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 can speak cop, I can speak cop talk. You can speak cop talk. <laughs> right, okay, so. Okay. Can we hear some cop talk? <laughs> Stop resisting. That, wait, where's that, where's that, that, that evil white guy? <laughs> oh, I didn't hook him. Oh, white, oh. So White Devil's Advocate. He's in this box right now. I haven't hooked up the wires. That's fine. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, nah, you got to put some respect on White Devil Advocate's name. You can't be like, who's that evil white guy? What's wrong with you? Sorry, I was not referring to Nate. No, I think he's a good, a good white guy. Yeah, no, it's been really important, too, because we had this uh, one apprentice come, and it was like three weeks into her apprenticeship, and Jonah said something about his ancestry, and she was like, wait. You're white Like yeah. what yeah. She's, she was she's really, Dominican She was really upset And so we started to Like put it in the materials Right <laughs> like, Jonah is a You know A Sephardic Jew Italian You know the, So But it's still you, know, you guys own the farm together. It's still a black owned farm Essentially I mean you guys What, what do you guys own I'm, a, I'm officially the owner Of the farm Oh yeah, yeah no, so, Okay Yeah we're, you know, We out ourselves We're a mixed race family mm -hmm. um, You know We raise our children As uh, fully in their Their Haitian ancestry And their southern black ancestry and their, their Jewish and their Italian ancestry. Um, it's all a piece of our beautiful, complicated identities. Um, but I think it's also like as a Jew... You know, I mean, Nate, you might, you probably experienced this. Like, we don't. For me, this, this like Europe, European Protestant normalized culture. It doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel normal. So, Jews are recently white. You know, and so it's, it's, it's interesting. There's like, I'm, I'm good with feeling like an outsider still. But I think it's important that I help myself. Mm. And you know how to talk white. Like Jonah can get anybody at any company if he calls them up to get him the free thing, the refund, the Hello, sir. deal. Yes, exactly. yeah. So that's an important thing Man, to have on beautiful. your staff. Do you drop the Vital? Is it? You're just like, hi, this is Jonah Wolf. I, I, I saw. I'm not. I, I do drop one of them sometimes. Yeah, this, this is Mr. Wolf. I'm calling with a customer. He gets pulled over. He gets pulled over by the cop. He's like, is there any probable cause or reasonable suspicion? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, sorry. <laughs> no, go Oops. ahead, sir. <laughs> Oops, yeah. so sorry. Uh -huh. uh, do you guys have beef with any other farms in the area? <laughs> <laughs> Farm you beef? guys don't have cows, I thought. Uh, uh, <laughs> dad dad jokes. 50 anniversary. Love it. That's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to call out the farmers with cows. <laughs> So, well, yeah, what's the relationship between you and other farmers in the area, especially considering so few, uh, there's so few f farmers of color and, like, black-owned farms and doing, especially doing what you're doing? 
Do they resent you or do they not even care? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to. They definitely trash have beef. <laughs> There's so much wow. beef. Wow. I mean, what about ah. the other black ah. farmers that we are connected with? No, no, I want to hear no, about no, the no, ones no. you hate. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear about the <laughs> farmers you Garlic don't get along with. Controversy sells. Fern Dairy or whatever. Chat radio. Side. I want to hear about the ones you're cool with. <laughs> Who should we boycott? No, no I mean. <laughs> Who should we tweet tonight? <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> do we really have beef with anybody in particular? Definitely do. <laughs> it's obvious. It's, so it's obvious. written all on your face. I'm so excited. You're killing the pause game. Right See, <laughs> so excited. That silence is powerful. All right. So I'm not going to name any names, but I will say that there are some well-meaning farm organizations in the Hudson Valley and in the Capital District that have all-white management and all-white office staff and hire migrant farm workers through the H2A program and feel like because those migrant workers smile at them and invite them to their Christmas parties uh-huh. that they're like working for justice and they're down. Mm. And it's, uh, it's a highly problematic dynamic because right now most of the food in this country is grown by brown people making yep. minimum or Ooh. sub-minimum wage sub-minimum, yep. uh, with no avenue wow. to become landowners, to become managers. They're not even counted in the agricultural census. And if they, if they speak out, in any way they can be easily deported through the H2A program so I think that dynamic is problematic and there's certainly some farmers who have come to us and been like how can we be more justice oriented maybe a subsidized share but it's just not on a lot of people's radar so to speak Uh Um, and I have some compassion for them like farming is mad hard you know it's definitely not what you go into to make bank uh, but still, there's a there's a lot of growth, and there's but, some and, black farmers too. And it's 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 also important to note. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but going through it's also important to know. We just had an episode like maybe three or four or five weeks ago or something where we talked about uh, minimum wages and the wages of wait staff compared to you know normal minimum wage and the differences there. There's also a, a disparity between farm workers um, and typical minimum wage when. New York State or federal, when they calculate farm wages, they take into account all kinds of stuff like their like um, the housing, housing costs, and blah 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 yeah. blah blah, and they end up making like less than minimum wage when it comes to actual money in the pocket. So that's that's an important thing to know, you know. Just just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah. You said you said farming is mad hard. I tweeted that out because I think that's important to note. And I was wondering if uh, if the government, United States government, came at you with a, a, a form of reparations where they offered you white slaves, would you take them? <laughs> <laughs> wow! To help your, <laughs> I mean, honestly, white slit. I mean, I don't even know how to answer that. Let's just say that white people would love to work for free on our farm all the time, and we often say no because we feel like we've created a safe haven for uh, uh, people of color to be ooh. in the majority. Um, and so we offer some like remote tasks for folks. Uh-huh. Um, I. Don't think unless we like rewrote five hundred years of history that I would ever consider an unpaid white person a slave. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I like that. So they can't even at this point they can't. That even shit is reparations. <laughs> <laughs> like here, here are the descendants of Andrew Jackson. They're yours for for six months. <laughs> do with, do with them what you will. No, I would I'm jump good. on that personally. I would jump on. That. I don't even own a farm, and I would jump on that. <laughs> Start one. <laughs> 
Uh, so, uh, Jonah, I just want to give you an opportunity to call out the farmers that you have beef with. One last chance. Oh, <laughs> man. No, did a good okay, job. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys want to do something? Can we, I, have a, I have a topic I'd like to talk about. Yeah. Um, tick management. <laughs> How do you guys not get Yes. Tics? Excellent question. <laughs> it's the wild. They were here first. Uh, we wait, we bring Maasai once well, in a while. They all, that's they why. They all they gravitate to me. Yeah. I'm very warm. I usually smell like Doritos. They jump on me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, left your, I went to your farm. Last time I went to your farm, I had to go to Urgent Care because because Nick the Tick was latching Nick me. The tick. Nick like, the Tick. Yeah, for wow. like three and a half days. And um, yeah, how do you guys deal with that? Yeah. You said your dog used to come home with like 20 ticks every day or something before you got the Yeah, yeah. She's got a collar. Okay. Got a collar. How do y'all like um, Yeah, but our children ticks? don't have collars. Our son got a really bad case of Lyme disease that we misdiagnosed as depression. Oh, crap. Um, and growing pains. And it wasn't until a friend was like, that limp kind of looks like a Lyme disease <laughs> oh, limp. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You thought he had a depression wow, limp? Wow, wow. Well, it can cause, in children especially, it gets into your central nervous system right, and uh. it causes cognitive changes. Oh. So we got him a therapist instead of antibiotics. Wow. Oh. And that was the wrong choice. So wow. then we got him antibiotics. So it is it is pretty scary, but I mean, the best thing is just the tick check, which can also be an intimate moment between lovers or mm-hmm. parent child because you got to have someone inspect all your places. Mm. So the nightly tick check <laughs> places. is... Uh, <laughs> is is how we Oh so nightly it. Nightly Oh wow If you've been nightly, in the woods Yeah nightly. if you've been in the woods Yeah okay yeah, okay But yeah. he's good now He knows all the words To scenario Tropical quest right? yep. so, yeah, yeah fully that's, recovered That's like a cognitive test I think once you That should be like What they do to get kids In like the next level In school Like okay recite Buster Rhymes verse right? Amen <laughs> No mess ups Okay third grade Congratulations <laughs> A huge gap In our curriculum huh? uh, Once again people listening At Beach Eye Radio On Twitter If you have any questions For uh, Leah and Jonah Soul Fire Farm is their Twitter handle. Um, do you guys want to do a little farmer trivia? Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it's related to, to pop culture, we're going to fail miserably, but go for it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely related to pop, pop culture. Yeah. Then I might get some right. <laughs> <laughs> this is all you, Jonah. This is, well, I had, I mean, we have like listeners who, as you know, only uh, 1% of people of color own land and farm. So I, I had to gear it towards the other 99%. <laughs> I actually have the first question. You have, oh, go ahead. Yeah. What, um, what 90s hip hop group wore overalls? <laughs> Oh, that's Everyone. easy. Everyone. All of them. Front words and backwards. I know, I know, right? All female, all female cast. <laughs> TLC. Oh, shit. That's Sorry. the only concert I ever went to as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I went to TLC. That's how it all started. <laughs> I was going to say, say crisscross. Crisscross? Crisscross? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, it was Kwame, Kwame. It was an error. I had it was an error. I got photos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had one farm question, but you guys kind of, uh, I had a different answer than I think you guys already gave. And the one question was, uh, it was true or false. It said 96% of U.S. farms are family owned, true or false. Now, the answer that when I was looking this up today was true, but you just mentioned that a lot of it is just like conglomerates or like corporations owning those farms. Yeah, so that's a, that's sort of de- deceptive because they will be owned by a family, but they're working through a corporate distributor. So it's mm. still only a handful of corporations that are controlling most of the food oh, supply. Okay, okay. So they're sort of like contracting out these quote unquote family farms, gotcha. but they're, they're giving them the seed, the fertilizer, the equipment. They tell them what to grow, oh, when okay. it's ready, how to package it, all of that. So it's like so, saying Kellogg's is a family owned business, but exactly, it's like exactly. just because there's a name a technicality. Type. That's wow. That's oh, that's good. To I know. was in um, I was in Malaysia, and they drove us through like this this area where at the end of the block, at the end of everybody's driveway, there were piles and piles of 
of I don't know if it was like it was like the trees, the rubber trees that they were growing, and they would leave the, the stacks, and then a, a larger corporation would pick them up. Mm-hmm. But they were being grown by families. Yeah. Yep. All right, so we're gonna do uh, farmer trivia. Hashtag farmer trivia at Beach Shot Radio. You guys by, play by, at home. By the way, by the way. Yep. I still have a pair of overalls, and I call them Farmer John. Farmer John? Farmer John. <laughs> you know where to wear them. Here goes my first question. Yo, wait. Yo, wait. Put some respect on it. That's right. That's right. Respect on those overalls. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so uh, this 2002 movie about crop circles was the last decent film by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, this is a good movie. Oh, I know. True shouting across the room. Science. True is trying we'll to help the, us. Let's do it like this. Yeah, let's give the farmers the first yeah. chance to try to answer it. I, did we get it? Someone said it. What is it? Science. No. No. <laughs> so close. Half. Say half of the word. <laughs> Say half of the word. Sigh. Yeah. Oh, science. 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 Keep swinging. Keep swing swinging. away. Keep swing away. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Crop circles. I actually like that movie. Uh, movie. Who was the, who was the hell was Mel the kid in it? No. Yeah. Joaquin. Joaquin. Why, why, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Good movie. Science. Last good M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Nothing yeah. Probably. After, nothing probably. after that yeah, was good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some people like The Village, I guess, but I like The Happening. Happening was terrible. Yo, I didn't even see that. Please tell me you have Rasputin in your questions. No, but if you have, you can make a question off it. Oh, yeah, make a question off it. Oh my, I know the answer. Rasputin. (laughs) (laughs) Good, yeah, because I'll need more. I'll need more anyway. Okay. Uh, Oh wow, look at him now in the children's (laughs) story Charlotte's Web. Wilbur was the famous pig belonging to this farmer. Oh, please. I didn't even know he had a name. Okay, I'll say name? it again. John? He was a mean one. He like was trying to kill Wilbur and the little girl. He was a mean. He was a farmer. He was a farmer. His job. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the side of the little girl. <laughs> Prop- yeah, propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> See? America doesn't protect the woman. They don't. See yeah. that? Oh. Or the Thank pig. You. Oh. All right. So uh, <laughs> the song goes, oh, wow, look at him now. Okay, that was the first clue. In, this children's, in the children's story, Charlotte's Web, Wilbur was... Uh, the famous pig belonging to this farmer. Does anybody anybody here know? I thought I did, but I was thinking of the girl. So the song is like, oh, wow, look at him now. Blank, blank's famous pig. Who is the... Ooh. I bet you Twitter is lighting up right now because this is one, one of the best songs from that, aside from Templeton's song, <laughs> the, the rat song. No? no I have no clue. I have fan? no clue. Nope. Okay, do you, uh, did I already name the pig? Wilbur. Wilbur. Okay. We got that. Okay. Ready, guys? Yeah. Yeah. We're ready. Not Charlotte. Zuckerman. Zuckerman's oh. famous pig. Oh. Right, right. Yeah. Dude, right. why are you knocking on the Jews? He's so I had no he was Jewish. But he was raising a pig. He raised pigs. He was not. It's just the answer, see? That's that Jewish sensitivity. It's just an answer. Bro, it's Passover. Give us a break. I didn't know. Fucking spent thousands of years in Egypt. <laughs> Damn. Damn. You're the most learned people on the planet. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, this famous pig. Happy Shot Radio. Uh, the hashtag Farm Trivia. This is the title of George Orwell's dystopian novel, which uses livestock to oh, retell the Russian Revolution. 1984. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. It's farmer Trivia. Animal, animal, animal Farm. farm. Yes. Oh, animal Farm. Yeah. yeah that was. Uh, George one. Orwell's novel yeah, where he had like the one. yeah like the pigs and the yeah, sheep yeah, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. and so yeah and it was uh, telling the, uh, the the Russian Revolution of 1917. Didn't they make a what's that like cartoon that uses that that same idea? 
Uh, it's like the uh, the meat tricks. You guys should check out the meat the tricks. The meat tricks. Oh, yeah. Oh, the meat tricks. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like the Matrix, but the meat tricks. It's like the funny. Matrix meets Animal Farm. That's definitely a porn about the Matrix. It's called the meat tricks also. <laughs> that is not what I'm referring to. Everyone stop Googling meat tricks right now. <laughs> don't, don't do Google it. That. I promise don't you. Do it. Tonight's don't Google don't that. Google <laughs> don't do it. Meat tricks. There's a throwback for the 50th anniversary. we got to bring that back. That Don't Google that. Yeah. Don't Google meat tricks. It is not a cartoon. <laughs> I promise you that. Uh, oh, at Shot Radio, hashtag Farmer Trivia. Uh, in Field of Dreams, what crop does Kevin Costner destroy to play baseball with ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> corn. corn. It's corn. Yeah. It's corn. Oh yeah, that's pretty. Makes baseball field. Uh, I just. I only want to bring that up because I hate Field of Dreams. I feel like it's one of the most overrated movies ever. It is a horrible movie from the first scene to the last scene. Wow. I'm just like, what is? Ha- why are people watching this? It's so bad. If you get a chance, like, if you don't believe me, just go watch the first five minutes of Field of Dreams and be like, what the fuck? Like, why are we accepting yeah. this as? I only uh, want James Earl normal. Jones in Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. James that's Earl Jones it. is in there. Ray, Ray Liotta is in there. It's just bad all around, and it, the, the plot makes no sense. Kevin Costner, yeah, yeah. plot makes no sense. It's just, and okay. then he convinces his wife. He's like, he's like, listen, the ghost told me that I have to plow all the corn and make a baseball field, and she's just like, all right, fine. There was a, really <laughs> she's like, go for it. <laughs> but there was a really cool scene where the the like a town hall meeting where the wife just goes off on everybody. That was kind of cool. I guess, that was but a, yeah, it's such a bad movie. All right, it was kind of Count Racula. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, Epi Shot Radio Farm Trivia. Uh, in uh, Farmer Trivia, in the children's song, the farmer in the Dell, uh, which item stands alone? Farmer in the Dell. Oh, the yeah. farmer in the Dell. The farmer in the Dell. Hi ho, the Mario. The Dario. The farmer, the farmer in the Dell. And then what happens after that? Someone picks then somebody the farm, else. The farmer takes the wife. The farmer takes the wife, and then the wife takes the child. The child takes the the nurse. Sounds like a horrible the song. The nurse. The nurse takes the cow. The Come nurse on. takes. The Were cow, you guys yeah. never children, or what's going on? Here? <laughs> I was a child. For, I'm still a child. Like look at look at my height. I'm still a child. The farmer. That's true. Feet on touching the ground. So and then at the end of the song, what the they get to the last item and this item stands alone. Nobody oh. picks it? Is it left alone? I never I, I don't know, I never really thought about it. I was six, but uh the, all right, so the second to last item is a rat. So maybe that will help the you. The cheese? The cheese stands alone. Come on. Oh. Is this foreign to everybody? Uh, it no, is no, to no, me. Pretty much. I never got that oh, far okay. in the song. The cheese stands alone. I remember, yeah, I remember it. But uh, uh, a little sub question. Does anyone know what the Dell is for the farmer in the Dell? <laughs> Come on, guys. Farmer people. This is a tough one. No, we, sit down. But you guys should know, this is maybe a farmer it's type equipment of some geography sort. thing. No, the oh, farmer no, in no. the oh. Dell. The Dell. Oh, it's a computer. Hashtag dad jokes. Hashtag dad jokes. No, Adele is a small wooded valley. That's it. So he's like a farmer in a in a wooded valley. Doesn't Adele sing hello? Hashtag dad jokes. So listen, hashtag Pichai Radio. Hashtag farmer trivia. A cow poops the equivalent of how much weight every day. Now this is multiple choice. A cow poops the equivalent. Of how much weight every day? A. The weight of an average nine-year-old boy. B. <laughs> the weight of a twin-size mattress. Or C. The weight of a hundred Big Macs. Every day, a cow poops how much? The weight of an A. The weight of an average nine-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> How long are my lunch breaks? <laughs> I just had these questions already. No, it's got to be the Big Mac. Uh, the weight of an average. Yeah, I'm thinking Big Macs yeah. too, actually. All right, so the weight of an average nine-year-old boy, the weight of a twin-size mattress, or the weight of a hundred Big Macs? Oh, no, a hundred Big Macs. No, the, the, the boy, weight of boy. a twin-size mattress. The mattress. Let's go mattress. mattress. We got Leah saying boy. Big Macs. Big Macs. 
Shrews doesn't want to play. Oh, sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> the Big Macs. Big Macs. Big Macs. Okay. So uh, the, uh, a cow poops 65 pounds a day. That is close to the weight of a nine-year-old boy. Oh, the average right. weight of a nine-year-old boy is 63 pounds. So Leah was correct. Uh, in case anyone's curious, uh, a twin-size mattress alone is only 45 pounds. And uh, oh. 100 Big Macs. <laughs> yes, I Googled how much a Big Mac weighs today. At lunch, <laughs> and then I had to do the math. So it's a, a, a Big Mac is 7.6 ounces. So it's about 48 pounds for 100 of them. So oh, it's, so that's, that's really still close. It's kind of close, but it's far from 65. I thought it was a trick question. Right. I thought imagine? they all weighed the same. No, no, they don't. I wouldn't do that. But a pound uh, of, I mean, that's, a let's pound not of be ridiculous. And a pound of bricks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but think of that. A cow poops a nine-year-old boy every day. That's like impressive. Yeah. Oh, I I'm impressed. Uh, all right. So this uh, I was impressed. All right. So the average U.S. Farm- That's some bullshit. Hashtag dad jokes. Wow. I'm not even mad at that. I'm impressed. I'm not even mad. Uh, uh, at Beach Eye Radio, hashtag farmer trivia. The average U.S. farm is A, 40 acres, B, 400 acres. Or C, 4,000 acres. What are the averages? Say it one more time. The median? This is the average. The average U.S. farm oh, is tricky. 40 acres, 400 acres, or 4,000 acres. <laughs> Think how tricky it is for us because we don't even know how big an acre is. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I do. But mm. how big is it? Probably going to work out to 400, I'm guessing. I mean, the most farms are small, but the big farms are so big mm. that I feel like the, the average, average has got to be around 400. Okay. True. You you know how big an acre is. Which how big is an acre? <laughs> I mean visually, not oh okay. Not in numbers. For people at home an, an acre's an, not that big. An acre is about a football field. Yeah. That's pretty big. But that's a oh, lot yeah, of food I you can grow an acre. Sense. Yeah, on one acre. And we were supposed to get forty acres and we didn't get that. What'd you get? No. <laughs> Wait, you no. get? How, you get? how big is your you farm? A 1972. What'd you get? How big <laughs> is your house born? I mean, we, yeah, so no, we that's grow, why we got it. We grow food for 80 families on one acre. So with an acre and a half, we can feed about 100 families with Whoa. a proper fallow. But there's 72 acres out there. But most of it's for the animals to live in and the ticks. Oh. And the ticks. <laughs> Mainly ticks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> They're running a tick farm over there. So you guys have 72 acres? That's right. Yes. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. For those of you that have been and there. You don't don't want white slaves? Oh, you know what you could do with all those acres? <laughs> You're making food on one acre? We need to get you some white slaves. You know Stop talking like you got access to white slaves. I'm just saying, if we, if we, did, we never put this on the table before when we when we talk about reparations. We should. I'm just saying we should throw it out there. Oh, my God. Could I, Seven, like, um, be a slave, like, one day a week or, one like, one day a month or something like that? <laughs> like the slave reserves? <laughs> For one week in a month, you work on a black-owned farm. Okay. Did you forget that you're down? <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be awkward, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awkward. Well, he's DJing so far from party for free. Word up, true. Uh, well, there you go. There you go. That'll All right, do. coming volunteer. June. I'm it's coming volunteer. June. So, Leah, you said 400 acres. The average U.S. farm is. Uh, she was actually forcing is, me. <laughs> he's, he's tying me up. <laughs> white slave. Hashtag, hashtag white slaves at Bishop Radio. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, Leah, you're correct. 400 acres is the average uh, farm, uh, which is enormous. Now, knowing that acres of football field, to me, that's like a lot of space. And you guys are saying you have, I mean, you're, your place is like expansive to me, and that's 72 acres. So, you know, I can't even really. I mean, what you look at out the window of our house is two, two and oh, a half okay. acres. And, and of that, we grow bad. in one. And then we have that big second field, which is another six acres. So, wow. you know, of our 72 acres, there's, there's seven or eight open field acres. That's it. Wow. Cool. 
That's uh, big. Yeah, 400 acres. That's. I got a question from uh, Twitter yep. for Soul Fire Farm. <laughs> this is from Benji Blanco. Hey, Shout out hey to Benji. Benji. He's like, uh, where can he find certified organic thrust mustard? <laughs> <laughs> thrust mustard. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a serious question. We need to know, sell thrust. We need to sell thrust mustard. Well, that should be our first Beach Out Radio product that we put word out. up. For real, I was, was going to ask Benji. I mean, <laughs> with the thrust. All mustard. we need is a label. All yep. we need is a. Steve. That's all we need. Yeah, Sorry, Steve. You know it when out. you're ready for my trivia, I got a good one. Boy. All right, go ahead. Go do it right you now. Ready? Yeah. Okay. So this character uh, was out in a field. And he knew that his sister was about to get, she was unconscious, and his sister was about to get hit by a tractor. He went around, he went looking for her, he finally found her, but just as he found her, the tractor was just about to run her over. He covered her body, and his body turned to metal. Is this is this a, movie a trivia question? This is or a trivia is this question. A Who's the character? Like you just described a trailer to me for a movie. I don't even. <laughs> no, is this no, a no. word this problem? Is, this is the origin of a character. Tell me who the character is. You guys oh. can give me a, give me a try first. Oh. Come on. Man. Could you say it's it again? Still, it's still far. No. Ah. You heard it. So wait. So somebody covered someone's body and turned it into metal. He turned it to metal to protect his sister. Terminator Two. No. No. <laughs> no definitely not. It's um. <laughs> it's what you would call it from the X Men. The big dude. Um. Oh, Galactus? No, that's not X-Men. Um... Uh, Colossus. 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 Oh. It's Colossus. Oh, wow. Russian. That's Rasputin. good trivia. That's why I said Rasputin. All right, can we watch Wait, wait, are we, are we sure that's good trivia? Are we all on the same? Okay, fine. That's You're good not. Okay. Where's the cow poop? Where's the cow Yo, poop? I, I have a question. I got a question about farms. I got a farm question. Yeah, yeah, sure. What's up with tires <laughs> and farms? What? You got a bunch of tires on your farm? I have, I have two tires not connected to a vehicle. Why do you farm? And, and tires? All, all my neighbors say that I don't have enough tires. <laughs> yeah, so what's up with that? Wow. They say you got to be proud of your shit. <laughs> Wait, what are they, they for, though? What are they for? Yeah, what's this I could tires? be a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a good one. But why? I mean... I don't know. You just—they're hard to get rid of. What are you going to do with a a, a a tire that's as tall as your nine-year-old son? <laughs> Tell you what you no, do. I, when I drive through Vermont, when I, I drive all through I Vermont, was a pile of shit. <laughs> exactly. Listen, when I drive through Vermont. I there are like mounds of tires on these people's farms, and I'm like, what's up with the tires? Uh, yeah, I mean they're hella expensive to to get rid of. So, so they just like keep their tires. So people just keep and them. They just keep them in mounds. Yeah. So I we had an issue. So this is not a farmer, so I don't mind saying this about a neighbor. But uh, so people don't want to throw pay to throw away their stuff, so they pile it up. Yeah. Plastic tires, paper, and then they burn it, which is illegal oh. and dangerous and, and toxic so, and toxic, and it blows into your house yep. and into your lungs of your children. Uh. And so we had a neighbor who was um, being paid by other neighbors to mm-hmm. burn their wow tires and Who's other that? trash. So it's a, it's a oh. pretty serious rural issue. Like there was an uprising when uh, the, the burn <laughs> ban happened a couple of years ago. It became Holy illegal to burn your own trash. Yeah. Yeah, it's so not like it's horrible it is a for the environment. Kathy <laughs> Sheehan is not feeling that at all. No. I grew up out in uh, out in Brunswick, and a lot of my relatives live out in Grafton and Stevenstown and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And every so summer you know. I go out there, it's the same thing, driving out there. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, someone's having a bomb. Oh, no, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it, disgusting, that smell. The worst man. smell you can imagine on yeah. fire in the July sun is I like, I didn't realize. Damn. So that's the least. Oh, yeah. So it's terrible for everything, obviously. But 
So you all don't have like garbage trucks to come around, do you? Mm-mm. No, and no so snow how does, plows. So like, what happened? So Damn. okay, you so like, what do you do with plow? your garbage? You have to pay to get rid of it. Oh, so you actually pay for a garbage service to come? She's yeah, like, so. we burn it. <laughs> we give it to the neighbor. We got this guy, we give it to the <laughs> so you can bring it to the town dump for three dollars a bag, but we pay our neighbor to use his dumpster. Uh, is it three dollars a bag, oh, okay. like price shopper bag or big gas bag? Doesn't matter. Like kitchen bag. Oh, a kitchen, kitchen bag? trash. Bag, oh, like a regular Ooh, kitchen. Oh, yeah. That's ex- yeah. That's so this isn't. The s- it adds up. Oh yeah. shit! And this isn't the same neighbor that's burning. Oh no! This is no. a different neighbor. This is a nice okay, neighbor. Okay, 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 cool. <laughs> uh, three dollars a bag. That's a lot. Holy shit! How do you? How do you have a family and an entire farm and run off? I'm sure you compost a lot of shit too, but. Yeah, how many bags are we talking? $3 if, a bag. Because if you'll give me $2 expensive. a bag, I'll come up. <laughs> and I'll, I'll burn just, it. I'll, no, I'll just bring I'll them to Stewart's and throw them in the dumpster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, so truth though, when our friends do come from Albany or like Jonah's parents from Hartford, we're like, you want to take some You want to take some garbage? Back, sure. Put it on the curb. <laughs> sure. I would too, absolutely. $3 a bag. That's, that's expensive. That shit you already paid for that you're paying yeah. for to yeah, now yeah. have someone else move away. Too much. Terrible. Speaking of tires, you recently went to um, Jackie Williams' house. Shout out to Jackie Williams and, and uh, did some like gardening, landscaping stuff. And I, I, when I was there last, she had some tires in the basement that she said she wanted to use for gardening, like to uh, serve as like the barrier to um, stuff. Like oh, like a planter. Or something. Yeah, yeah, a planter. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what, what what did you guys do over there exactly? And, and are you do you guys normally do like freelance landscaping or? Is that- <laughs> <laughs> no, Jackie's just bomb. Like she's an important mentor for me. I love people who know facts and this woman knows mad facts about our ancestors and our proud history so she just needed help with her garden because she got hit oh, by well, a car yeah, so, I, so <laughs> we helped build her a garden well but, it, it looked good like after because I saw the before and after it looked so different and then right after you guys did that or the day you did it it snowed out of nowhere yeah it snowed on us uh, <laughs> it snowed while it you were doing it was very snowy yeah. no it was definitely a joy because um there's something nice too when you work at a relatively large scale and then you have this tiny space yeah. like you can make it so nice yeah, yeah. you can make it so perfect because it's tiny so we move her whole compost pile and built her raised beds and move the raspberries and clean oh, it up shit. so it's nice now so wow. I didn't get hit by a car but I was in a car accident Friday so would you guys do that at my house or do, of course, do I need fact. to be more oh okay good to know <laughs> you know uh, facts I, I literally have a four foot lawn like on the front in the front of my house that's it so it's, <laughs> I, I don't think it, it wouldn't take long to do. Um, I'm in the same boat, and for some reason, I can't keep it neat. I have no. <laughs> it's like you're over there talking about raised beds and raspberry bushes. I'm like, I've got like freaking ten yards, and I'm like, <laughs> it's too much. Too much. Uh, let's finish off farmer trivia at Beach Eye Radio. Okay, this is the name of a 1960 TV, a 1960s TV show about a wealthy lawyer who decides to live on a farm with his spoiled wife, played by Ava Gabor. Oh, say that again? This Uh-oh. is a name of a 1960s TV show about a wealthy lawyer who decides to live on a farm with his spoiled wife, played by Ava Gabor. Uh, um, 1960s, Dad. I wasn't born yet. Bonanza. Nah. No. Uh, it's kind of like, um, like uh, what's that where they go on the island? Um, Gilligan's, Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. It's like that, except instead they go to a farm, and it's like the, the same. Hillbillies? The, same the Hillbillies? The Hillbillies? Oh, no. Close, though. Beverly Hillbillies? Beverly no, Hillbillies? Nope. Uh, you guys give up? 
Give yeah. up. Green Acres? You never heard of it? Oh, 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 I heard of it. I've heard Green. of it. I never watched Green it. Green Acres is the place to be. Yeah. Fun yeah, yeah, living yeah, is the yeah. life for me. I Isn't there that. an alternative version to that song? <laughs> Probably one just sung in key. <laughs> What's the alternative version? Well, it's the same tune. It might be a Snoop Dogg thing. Oh, it really? might have cursing in it. Oh, I'm now I really want to hear it. <laughs> we'll play that on the break. You can, you can curse here. We'll play that on the break. Yeah, yeah, but it's you totally lewd can. and misogynist. Uh, ah. <laughs> then we'll definitely play it on the break. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up. Oh, speaking of that, I should probably get this new Beyonce word. Um, ready here. At Beach Out Radio. Oh, you know, you said Beyonce. Uh, lemons. How do, how do lemons grow? She just released Lemonade, which uh, is her new album. Can you grow lemons? We watched it. You watched yeah, it? Yeah, it's amazing. It's good, yeah. It's so freaking amazing. Yeah, I just I actually just watched it before. Did you see all the like Oshun and Vodou yes, references yes, up in there? Yes. I mean, they were basically in Haiti in the back of a tap tap, dressed yep. up like Getty Lua, like <laughs> yep. swerving. It was mm-hmm. so beautiful. Yeah. And Oshun walking down the street, smashing stuff. I just... <laughs> so, no. Power. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people didn't catch that. They were looking at it like it was something well, else. I think a, yeah. Well, but I think that's fine because a lot of people also looked, looked that up, too, afterwards. And they're just like, oh, I didn't even know, you know, the whole like the sexual water goddess thing. Like no one really... For people that didn't know, I think it's a great, good way to learn about that type of stuff. Um, but lemons, how do you grow lemons? Lemons grow <laughs> in tropical climates. They're a citrus tree. So you can't... You, you probably can grow them in New York. It'd be difficult. It would... Yeah. Maybe in a in a heated greenhouse. Okay. With lights. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, all right. So this next question... This is the last question. This this one requires uh, JB's response. Uh, and and the, the three of y'all can answer it. Uh, which of these names for pieces of farm apparatus will JB find the most entertaining? Okay. Wow. So wow. here we go. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, uh, nah, take me out of nope, that equation. So uh, A, hedge trimmer. Uh, <laughs> B, backhoe. C, uh, milking pipeline. <laughs> D, <laughs> drip irrigation system. E, the seed drill. Wow. Or F, the Scottish hand plow. So, which of these will JB find the most entertaining? Hedge trimmer, backhoe, milking pipeline, drip irrigation, seed drill, or the Scottish hand plow? <laughs> this is a real farming apparatus. I didn't even know. I am not these answering are... that. <laughs> I need to know, JB. Which one do you find? Yeah, which JB. One? I'm not answering that. I'm not answering that. <laughs> I, I thought these were. I think it's a milking pipeline. That's it. JV's giving the signal. Milking pipeline. I knew it. I thought, crazy. I thought it was going to be that or the Scottish hand plow. I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't sure. Yeah. The seed drill is kind of funny too. And so I, that's yeah. the only one I don't know. What is a Scottish hand plow? I don't know what that is. The other ones I know. I don't know what any of this shit is. I know they're actual farm. I looked at pictures of them, but <laughs> Scottish hand plow. Somebody, somebody, uh, Google that on Twitter and tell us. Uh, send us a picture of a Scottish hand plow. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll we'll talk about lemonade and then we'll get into the first block. People hit us up at Beach Shot Radio if you have any questions. By the way, uh, our podcast has been kind of blowing up lately, and we recently got onto the Google Play. They just uh, started having a podcast service on Thursday. Uh, I believe they opened it up to everybody. So now, in addition to iTunes and and Beyond Pod and Podcast Addict, you can listen right from the Google Play Market, and it allows you to listen on desktop as well as your Android device. It's super sweet, super smooth, seamless. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes for whatever reasons a lot of people don't like iTunes um, you can use the Google Play and just search for Beach Chat Radio and uh, we want to thank you all the listeners oh yeah we definitely Yo, you. people have been like sharing and tweeting we got a shout out today from who was that podcast uh, the J- Jack oh the uh, Combat Jack Combat show Combat Jack show which yeah. is like a really big uh, black owned podcast yep. uh, two dope two dope 
I'm not convinced that's black Girls. owned. I think that's a hot 97 thing. Oh, really? But oh, okay. it's very it's popular. It's always considered like urban it, black yeah, 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 podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Two Dope Girls, which is Jessica Williams and her partner, who I forget the name, uh, they just started a podcast and they actually interacted with us today on Twitter, which is cool. And it's cool to see like the different black podcasts kind of like support each other. And yeah. So, um, so also cool. the the Read, which is another uh, black podcast I like, was mm-hmm. two dudes. Uh, so yeah, so thank everybody who's been uh, hitting us up and following us on our podcast. Uh, so Lemonade, you, uh, you you guys both watched it. You said right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, g- you kind of gave us a little bit of your first impression. But are you are you a Beyonce fan in general, Leah? So much. Oh, you are. Okay. Mm. You're. Are you? Would you say you're in the hive, the the Bay Hive? That's her, her, uh, legion, her legion of bees that follow her. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I don't know. She's I just really, I just really love and respect her music, and it, it like it touches me. So okay, I guess so. Cool, uh, Jonah. Do you you watch it? Do you, do you have the same impression? Do you really like it? Or yeah, I loved it. Okay, I loved it. Uh, I watched it just just before I came here. Uh, I had listened to the album actually before I watched. The, the you know the the whole video because it was like a visual album I guess is essentially what it was and uh, I was in New York at a show so I, I really couldn't watch it until today but I listened to the album a few times there were like these uh, I thought there were a lot of really good uh, messages in it there was like a lot about infidelity in, the, in there but also a lot about like empowerment and then when I watched the video there were there was that poetry sprinkled in which isn't on the actual album like the the, uh, the actual okay. po- so that stuff isn't there so that added even more context for me um, I learned that there was an- another woman who was behind most of that poetry some uh, 28 year old uh, woman of color I forget her name I'll, I'll look it up on the break but uh, who actually wrote most of that poetry in between but I thought that was cool and it actually added a level of understanding that you don't really get when you just listen to the music straight straight through um, so I actually wish I had watched the, the video first but same thing as you guys said like right off the bat the, the visuals were just kind of overwhelming super super powerful that, that I think it's the first joint where she's she's walking down uh, dressed as the goddess with the, with the hot sauce bat just like breaking car windows <laughs> stuff and you got like the little the little boys and girls playing in the street and she's messing with the fire hydrants I, I just thought it was really like interesting compelling and I, I, a lot of people have just been using the word like empowering um, do you think that her new focus on she seems to be really like into black culture lately do you think that's genuine or do you think she just before was limited because uh, some people including uh, Azalea Banks have called her out saying that she's not really genuine and this is just her kind of her new way to sell m- albums because previous to this album, really, she's kind of not really used her music to speak on, you know, black empowerment. So what do you, what do you think? Does it matter to you or? Yeah, of course it matters. I mean, I don't really follow all that, so I don't have an informed analysis, but I would say. Well, you follow Beyonce. You know her music. Uh, I know her music, but I don't know her motivations. Oh, and okay. I guess I would hope, kind of like we hope from President Obama, you know, yeah. like once he was elected the second time that he would finally show his true colors and like be yeah. for the people. A little mixed reviews on that. I guess um, my hope, and I'll give her the benefit of doubt, is that now that she's got all that respect and following a resource and she kind of yeah. can't be pulled down, that she can she can speak on things mm-hmm. uh, in a more daring way. I just, not just on black issues, but just seeing her step out of that box of the produced pop culture and yeah, just yeah. like bring in that Southern music and bring mm-hmm. in that kind of like hardcore vibe is, it's yeah. beautiful and it's, it's not usually what you see from a star of that caliber so mm-hmm. um, so I guess I'll just give her the benefit of the doubt I think that she's she's bringing to the mainstream some things that messages that would never get there about oh. Black Lives Matter about Arisha and Vodou about mm-hmm. NOLA about the South about mm-hmm. heritage and parents and, mm-hmm. and the complexity of, of relationships in the black community like so I'm grateful to her for that and, and yeah she's rich and 
there's, there's, a, there's a whole there's probably, a lot of problematic, problematic. stuff yeah, yeah. absolutely but I'm still grateful for you're what she's bringing to, to see her doing it it's not mm-hmm. necessarily too little too late in your mind it's like you're you're just glad to see her doing this stuff or at least uh, using her art to, to put the stuff out there now yeah people can always change and improve it's mm-hmm. never over until it's over right cool um, one, one of the criticisms was that uh, she hasn't really ver- vocally uh, in interviews uh, she doesn't do a lot of interviews in general but she hasn't really used the platform to speak on these things uh, outside of the, the recent music videos and uh, when she after she dropped Formation she kind of later went back and she did do an interview where she said Formation was an attack on police I respect police officers they put their life on the line yada 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 like the, kind of the same old rhetoric which I was just like ah like just leave it at Formation just I don't want you to speak on these issues I, I'd rather you just kind of use <laughs> use your art to get this this message across um, but yeah I guess you're, you're right there's, there's got to be some she has to be allowed to grow and maybe you know and, and if this is her growth especially from her last album to this I'm like yeah she's moving in the right direction like hardcore so I'm all about it and, and people can still be inspired by it whether or not it's like flawless you know uh, criticisms of, of patriarchy and, and misogynoir and capitalism you know as long as she keeps working towards that yeah word and like I teach in a a high school a public high school that's predominantly white rural kids that are, are bussed in from all around the surrounding districts and there would without Beyonce there would be no conversation about Black Lives Matter or about police brutality really? or mass incarceration so literally after Formation came out you know there's mad like white kids that follow her we're excited about it uh, we're bringing those conversations to our advisory bringing those conversations to their independent projects and so you know even if her intentions are mixed or her delivery is flawed or yeah, she yeah. doesn't have the same analysis that we do I think her just bringing that to the mainstream table like that had ripple effects so you know those conversations led to to some advancements in policy and some more inclusion you know in the school that's a good point yeah. I, always, I always forget that there's a subset of this country that just doesn't give a shit about Black Lives Matter like I don't I, even know about I always, it yeah they don't even think about because there's because I always deal with the people who hate it like white people that hate it and then people <laughs> that love it and I always forget there's a ton of people that are just like huh like I just don't give a shit I'm, I just don't care uh, or don't even know it's happening so that's that's interesting too, yeah, because I never really interact with that <laughs> that demographic. Mm-hmm. I, I only interact with racist white people and then like <laughs> down like conscious black people. <laughs> There's no in between. Yeah, um, the in between is tiring. <laughs> let me tell you, the middle the middle ground. You're just I, like, did you guys know it was Black History Month? <laughs> what? They're, they're like, is it March already? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's too funny. Uh, I mentioned Azalea Banks earlier. She uh, something I tweeted out about Harriet Tubman. She retweeted, and it, it like uh, a bunch of people ended up sharing it like 150 times or something uh, and uh, I, I got to interact with those racist white people on Twitter I don't really like Twitter but for whatever reason because this tweet got circulated I wake up the next morning and I have like hundreds of like messages DMs all these people like calling me n-word all this like crazy shit just because of that and and that's my you know for me that's my baseline so I, I in my mind there's like this duality it worked. It worked. like <laughs> right, right, it works, right, right 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 it's like wow all white people are just like this like because <laughs> mm. I don't interact I get I don't interact with enough anymore um <laughs> But I, I, that's, Except for Nate The people that just Come at me That's it It's just like The people that come the at good me Good ones <laughs> But uh, I was I'm from Bern by the way uh, Bern New York So rural 
Yes, we've had the What, all farmers supposed to know each other? What <laughs> we are you go way to back. say? We go back. What's this about? <laughs> Damn. Uh, so so I, I, I had spoken to you on, on your farm um, about my relationship to like the land and and how it's kind of uh, it's kind of uh, troubling to me because my experience in a rural environment was just really uh, um, traumatic. You know, it was like super racist. I, I lived next to people who were in a straight up KKK, hoods and everything, like not like, uh, you know, sh- sh- quiet about it. And uh, from literally my my first years in school I was called nigger straight up and through 6th grade until I like eventually moved to Albany it was just like common uh, the racism was so overt that I just got like used to it and um, mm. uh, I think that kind of adds to kind of my thick skin today because I just got so much of that as a kid and I couldn't wait to get out of there when I go when I smell pine trees I like think of racism like it just reminds me of like that time so it's really hard for me to connect with the land because there's so much of that happening in these rural areas uh, a lot of people don't know that like this is KKK country you New York, you know, especially upstate New York, is just super racist, and there's a lot of like white um, nationalists up here. And um, I think we have this kind of idea in our heads that like the North is somehow more progressive, but we're just we're just like better at like hiding racism or something. I don't yeah. even know. Oh, yeah. uh, or you I know, I think the North has more pockets of like urban centers, you know, uh-huh. like big cities. I, I don't know, if, but once you get out of there, it kind of degenerates, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I mean, am I wrong? Once about you that? get out, of, yeah, no, that's what that, that's what my. Oh wait, you guys are out there, my bird. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're out there. And you got to drive by Confederate flags, yeah, you know, yeah. to get to our, our land. So does that hinder you guys trying to, con- you're, you're basically trying to convince people, like, we need to get back into this shit. Like, when the revolution comes, don't come to me asking me how to plant fucking carrots and shit. You can, I can yeah. do it now. But it, but it's hard to come out there when you know that you're surrounded by um, all all this, like, racism, you know, the, the flags, like you mentioned. And is, is that something you've encountered, like, trying to convince people to come into it? or? There's so much to say on that I mean absolutely One thing is we gotta do it together Just like our ancestors always did They mm-hmm. always had cooperatives They always had techios Like collective work parties And mm-hmm. villages And so when It doesn't feel scary like that When we're at Black and Latino Farmers Immersion There's 20, 30 people Working the land together mm. um, But I will say You know I grew up rurally too In a in an all white town And me and my sister and brother Were the only brown children In the school mm. And experienced like A ton of racism But for me I kind of had The opposite experience So my experience was these human beings are so unkind to me so exclusionary and the kindness and the belonging comes from the land so I would go home and go into the forest and I would feel really connected to the trees and the rocks I would just come home and eat Doritos yeah no I I went I went home and I went out onto the land and that was my healing and my peace so I was Uh, it manifested that's what I was doing wrong (laughs) but I I became like this fierce defender of the earth I remember being five years old I started this club with my sister where we'd go around and challenge adults who were cutting down trees or, or littering we would like front, you know come up to them and confront them or confront hunters because we just felt like the earth was our only mm-hmm. friend mm. you know so and I think there it's true though not just your experience contemporarily but we inherited trauma mm-hmm. from from being stolen from land from slavery from sharecropping and it's really easy to confuse the lands with the oppression itself the land can be a trigger mm. so that's why you know we're not just teaching people how to plant carrots but there's also like a healing process so when we all get together on the land and we don't just learn the skills but we're also we're dancing and singing and telling stories and history and coming around the table together giving gratitude you know there's sort of this gentle reintroduction because we can't let we can't let the oppressors take that from us mm. take that connection from us that's always been ours and we lose a little piece of ourselves when we 
you know, when we give that over. I like to that them. the spite angle, just do it for spite. Like you're not gonna take this from me too. You can't take that from That's me. You good. can't take my connection to you the guys, earth. You guys should use that. That's the first time you've said that and I, uh, something Ooh. like that and it made me like, Oh, I should do this for spite. Like so you're into spite. I like you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm all about it. Because now it's like, regret, like, oh, yeah, no, you can't have this too. Now I like dirt. <laughs> all right. I'll add that to my list of points that I make. <laughs> um, right. If it gets if it gets Masai there. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, after the, yeah, after the tick, I need everything I can. You know, I need everything in your arsenal to bring me out. There. Great. Uh, um, this uh, weekend, I had the pleasure of going with Taina Sealy to a Samuel Harrell visual that was uh, held in Beacon, New York. York, and it was to uh, raise awareness about Sam Harrell. Now, from my understanding, you guys were involved in a hunger strike to bring awareness to his issue as well. Would you guys be willing to like talk a little about, uh, about Sam's case and why it's important and why uh, it moved you guys to participate in a hunger strike? Yeah, sure. Um, so Sam Harrell was brutally murdered in the Fishkill prison last year, about a year ago, uh, by up to 20 officers who beat this man, kicked him, and pushed him down the stairs uh, to his death. And his family has just asked for some support around justice for, for Sam in particular, and also for some reforms that will help make it safe for other inmates in that facility. You know, putting these uh, these accused corrections officers on admin leave, body cameras, things like that. So, And they, they just recently finished a five-day hunger vigil, and they asked for solidarity. So uh, we participated from Friday to Saturday with them. It was the first night of Passover. Passover is the Jewish uh, festival of liberation, and it's considered... Wait, 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 wait. Now you got the claps ready? <laughs> Represent. We said, we said Black Lives Matter four times earlier. Nothing. He's like the theater. <laughs> no sound effects. The <laughs> so we, we just thought it would be important to actually not participate in the first night Seder, even though that is a very strong Jewish custom because we didn't feel like it was right to celebrate liberation when our people mm. are still not free in that way. Mm. Um, so we fasted. Uh, our children, too, they also fasted and it didn't participate in the first night Seder um, in solidarity with the family. Uh, the family is asking people to text Sam Free to 91990. Uh, so what we tweeted that that out earlier. I'll send it out again. But it's Sam Free and 91990. And I guess what they're doing is they're compiling a phone list. And on uh, you'll you'll receive a text in in a week or two asking a bunch of people to uh, essentially bombard the legislation with uh, emails, tweets, uh, phone calls, kind of like what we did with with Mayor Sheehan related to Dante Ivy's case. Now uh, this was my first time meeting. Sam's family and it was uh, I mean it, it was sad because it just reminded me of Dante's family the similarities were just like glaring like the, the from the looks on their faces to like kind of just you know they, they were still really resilient but you could tell that they had been through a lot in the last year now Sam Sam died shortly after Dante Ivy died like like a, a matter of like three three weeks uh, difference there and uh, just seeing the family and talking to them and hearing them speak and uh, the best friend spoke uh, it was just really moving and it, and it for me it made me really 
realize that there's a Dante Ivy in almost every community in you know in this country. You know, uh, especially spanning you know spanning generations. You know, they're all over the place, and it's so connected. It was just way too familiar uh, being there and seeing that. And uh, we we actually had the the rally right in the shadow of that prison, uh, which is which is enormous with a fishkill, right? Uh, and it's just like a, a massive facility, and we're having this rally in this like beautiful park, and there's like kids behind us playing little league, and just like if you look in the background, there's just this ominous, you know, uh, building where there's just you know uh, thousands of inmates in there. And uh, it, it just made it, the contrast was stark, and it, it just made I think uh, a lot of people realize like, wow, we've totally normalized this, and there are so many people who are uh, incarcerated who have no business being in there, and there are just people who are every day their lives are at risk, like like Sam's was, and the way to die that way uh, with you, where you have upwards of twenty guards involved in what they called uh, beat up squads, which I guess is a, was a normal thing that would happen in that uh, in that facility. It, this isn't a bad apple type thing. It's not even like that with the, which they throw at the least a lot oh one or two bad apples we're talking about a massive group of, of men in that prison who were involved in this so that shows you how like systemic the abuse is there mm-hmm. and unfortunately sam lost his life and uh they're tr- right now they're just trying to get any glimmer of justice uh for sam so uh we definitely encourage people to uh support them in any way you can uh text sam free to that number uh 91990 and if you haven't uh, looked up the case just take you know look it up uh and and just learn about it because the relationship it's very close by the way beacon new york is is right out Outside of, I want to say Poughkeepsie, Newburgh. Yeah, so it's like it's right real, across the river. Close. Yeah, it's like yeah, right across yeah, the river yeah, from yeah, Newburgh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just seeing that was really uh, eye opening for me because I, I, I get so absorbed in, in the local cases. And, and, you know, when there's not like a big national case going on, you forget that there's pockets of this country where the exact same thing is happening and they're grieving the same way that, you know, the same way that we are. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and it's easy too. So I get those text updates and they, they like gave me a phone number for the governor and oh, what yeah. to say. Yeah. So all I had to do was. Call and say the same. Exactly so the it's thing. not even hard. Yeah, like pe- you can just join. At the rally, people were writing letters to the governor also, and they had a, like a template there. You could write your own, or you could just use segments from this. And, and uh, a few of us wrote letters there. So they're really they're really invested in putting pressure on the system in in that way right now. Um, but you know, I, w- everyone has their own approach to like getting justice and how you know how they can do it. Um, they really want to see those officers fired, uh, just like we say with Dante's officers. But they they also really want. You know, cameras in there to try and prevent it, and and whatever way they approach it, like I just feel like whatever the family wants to do, like that's kind of what we got to do, like just just follow that. Um, but one thing Tyena and I spoke on was just like other ways of like resisting and like um, being sure to put the 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 tone of resistance out there too, not just always saying let's go through the system to do this. Like let's teach our kids to like resist and and realize that this stuff is not okay, and it's not acceptable, and there are other ways to fight the system that don't always necessarily have to be through the the channels that the system has provided for us so that was one thing we spoke on but uh much love to them and uh, we stand in solidarity with them the black lives matter upstate new york chapter has uh already expressed solidarity with them has as has the national chapter so uh yeah we totally support them and i just wanted to acknowledge sam tonight mm. uh was there any uh, can i yeah, just i just yeah. wanted to also say you know i think you painted a really powerful visual picture of like the kids playing on little league with with the backdrop of the prison and i think <laughs> you know i, I want to just take it a step further and, and question you know why is that prison exist even in the first place and that that what we're really looking at when you're talking about okay what are these issues that we're what are we really pushing we're talking about prison abolition right like these these communities were agricultural communities that working class folks made their money 
off growing food for people. And so you've had this productive community turned into this incredibly, not only a consumptive community, but one that's stealing, kidnapping people out of their communities and warehousing them um, for, you know, this this incredible profit, one of the, one of the most profitable Absolutely. industries in this country. So I just want to like, like, let's take the conversation all the way to its roots and be like, you know, why are these kids playing Little League in the shadow of a prison mm-hmm. and not in the shadow of, a, you know, of a forest or, yeah. um, or or learning how to farm, you know, like... Or a school or a community mm-hmm. center or a library or something. Yeah, something. why is it, yeah. So you just got some some gross, uh, grossly misallocated resources and, and interests in this country. Yeah, prison is, we, we've made it so that prison is profitable and keeping, uh, especially keeping people of color out of the general population of, the, you know, society is profitable. So that's, I mean, that's why it perpetuates. We, we've created Absolutely. a demand for inmates and when that happens, you're going to have more in, more inmates. So when I was living in Ghana way back in 2002, I realized that I was actually mentored by the founders of Restorative Justice. So the Queen Mothers Association of Ghana, these are the women, the matriarchs of the community, and their basic task is to keep youth on track and to love them and to take in any orphans. And so if a young person is doing what they're not supposed to be doing, like what we would call a minor infraction, they have to go see the Queen Mothers. And the Queen Mothers will teach them how to batik and make cloth and sell the cloth and make money and support their families. And while they're making the cloth, they teach them their history Mm. and they teach them their culture and the values. And that's that's a justice system. Instead of putting them in a jail for nine years like they did in Mark. No, they just give them like 20 moms. (laughs) That's what they do. That sounds worse in some ways, but... (laughs) It's highly effective. Like, you don't mess with the queen mothers. They will love you straight. You know what I mean? Metaphorically, you know. Um, Wow. So I think it's out there. The models are out there. And our ancestors have always known how to do that. Our people know how to do it. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, to Jonah's point, you know, of course we should put pressure on the government to take immediate action, but we can't lose sight of the long-term vision that we need a completely different system for how we uphold our societal fabric and, you know, keep people to the contract of what it is to be part of the society, blah, blah, blah. You're going to love this. Speaking of fabric, what are you, who are you wearing tonight? (laughs) We're going to talk about this next, this next segment is called if looks could kale. That's kale. And here's the thing. Uh, I, I know that your uh, color of clothing choice is intentional, and I just want to know a little bit about, <laughs> one, what you're doing and why you're, you've been dressing in a certain color for the last uh, couple months, and also the farm attire in general. And if, farm attire. Yeah, and if it's function, form, form, function, or if the two things co- collide. So first, tell me about <laughs> why you're dressed the way you are right now. <laughs> You know, I don't mean like that. This is a radio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, can oh, we you don't describe? Have to. Let's no, describe no, cool. the cool. outfit. I'm wearing white. Okay. So, so I've been wearing white for the past several months because I'm a new initiate uh, to the Orisha Oya mm-hmm. in the Ifa tradition, the Vodou tradition, and new initiates called Yawo have some regulations to follow. Could you say that all again though? But like, like so a child could understand it. A white child. <laughs> 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 you're, you're training to be a priest. Pissed. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, there's more religions than just Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Yeah. Okay. And so sometimes they get grouped into yeah Hinduism called, called animism, uh-huh. and that's actually 
thousands of traditional religions that are as complex and deep and beautiful and ethical as as the major religions. So Ifa is a Yoruba religion, but it's it's come through the diaspora. So in Haiti, it's Vodou, it's it's Lukumi in Cuba, it's Condomble in Brazil, etc. So yeah. so there are many aspects of God. One of the aspects of God is called Oya. It's the winds of change, transformation, upheaval, new beginnings, and so that is the the energy of the universe to which I am devoted. And so initiation is a ceremony that that makes that official. How long does that take? The ceremony of initiation? Yeah. Seven days. And how how but how long do you have to wear the uh, the white? A year. One year. Okay. And then after that, all all bets are off. You can go back to or wear whatever you want. Or. <laughs> yeah, probably. So you 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 know so we do this thing called divination where you get in touch with unseen forces, and so sometimes you sometimes there's other requirements of you. So some people wear white longer, or they can't wear black, or they can't you know oh, eat okay. eggplants, for example. Can we talk? Or more they about keep this their religion? hair covered, I or know they the can't more. eat pumpkin seeds or stuff like oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you teach? You me? laugh, but you know, <laughs> you know, you know about the pumpkin, like. Yeah, the pumpkins for Oshun. Yeah. So sometimes devotees of Oshun don't, yeah. don't eat it. They just give it to her. Right. So. right. Which is what Beyonce was dressed in yellow. Right. I can oh. eat pumpkins still, right? Is it, I can yeah, still you eat, eat whatever pumpkin. you want. Pumpkin Wait, pie. are you saying I can't eat pumpkins? She said no pumpkin pie forever. That's what they no said. No pumpkin pie? <laughs> you can't eat ever pumpkin pie again? Nope. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and everyone else, La Familia, Beach La Familia. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so... Uh, farming is is dirty work. Uh, have you run into any issues with the white and the farming? Or <laughs> so yeah, it's like super messy. It is so messy and super impractical. So I think the idea was that if you're a new initiate, you're kind of supposed to be chilling and like in the house and relaxing. And our society is not set up Can't for that, it. and it's not my personality. So I just get really dirty. But I it's going to sound like commercial, but I discovered OxyClean. Oh okay. Oh. Do you know about this? Yeah. The, who's the guy that died a few years ago I used to hawk that stuff on TV yeah, yeah the ball guy the commercial guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so well. it's like makes rest in peace to him <laughs> whiter than bleach yeah yep so that's what you do you oxyclean you oxyclean and then you don't smell like bleach because that was bothering Jonah oh oh that's right it doesn't have the oh yeah. wow shout out to oxyclean was... somebody tweet oxyclean at oxyclean with <laughs> thrust mustard product placement yeah <laughs> um, in general on a on a farm uh, what like what do you what is your deal like how do you guys dress for that I wouldn't even know <laughs> oh, is there yeah. a dress code for this? Like, do, do people show up at the farm who've never been farming? So they come to your little farm, or what? You know, the, what is that called? You're, when you bring people in for the to farm for a couple months or a couple weeks? Oh, we got yeah. slaves. Yeah. People like show up in like khakis and, <laughs> and like, not the white slaves. Hats, not the white hats. slaves. I don't care what the white slaves wear. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what the immersion people do. They show up, yeah, in like basketball shorts. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, it doesn't Jonah. matter what we tell them to bring; they're never prepared. They're never prepared. And, uh, but that's you know that's a it's a teachable moment, right? Like, uh-huh. why do you have your your slick Jordans on when you know you're about to step in the mud? What, what ends up happening actually a lot with the with the with the footwear thing is people end up just taking their shoes off uh-huh. and they end up being barefoot on the farm, which is, oh, wow. which is fantastic because then they have a whole different relationship with their experience there. Mm. Um, 
but I, I grapple with this question because you know you can look really sloppy but now we get a lot of a, a media attention so we're in a lot of pictures and stuff and I've looked at some, back at some of those pictures I'm in and I just look terrible so <laughs> I'm trying to clean myself up a little uh, bit as a farmer but it's just not practical not I, got, I got way too many cutoffs they're getting way too short I cut, you keep I, cutting them you got I keep cutting them oh wow I didn't know that yeah and people so, are like why don't you tweet more while you're farming but then you're like <laughs> phone falls I, I literally had my phone get crushed by a boulder because I was trying to do the social media wall After, farming thing uh-huh. I put it down on a hay bale the hay bale fell apart and then the rock rolled off the hay bale and squashed my phone oh, and that was the second life that that was after I found it in the middle of a hay pile I literally lost it in a haystack after I'd been in there for three months <laughs> oh, I lost a phone it. in a haystack I found it but that's such, so, a, yeah, that's such farm a farmer life. story that's such farm a classic life. farmer story well, I, know, I know about it you know summertime you're farming it's very hot out so on and so forth but isn't it still best to wear long pants when you're farming yeah I hate that that's best for ticks too right yeah, no, there's reason. no ticks in the field they're not like they're everywhere no <laughs> then how did Messiah get a tick they threw it I don't me. know what he was doing <laughs> he, went he was over forest. by the yurt <laughs> he was by the yurt yo what if I got that tick <laughs> in the apple store before I went over there yeah there was, that <laughs> <didn't>. <laughs> and I'm just blaming it <laughs> I'm just blaming it on him Messiah got the tick in his front yard yeah. <laughs> in his three foot long front yard it was at the petting zoo yeah. I'm actually in favor of wearing as little clothing as possible while farming I have to say I've had yeah, and I've, I've toned it down but before we were popular you know I would just farm naked and then we had this random group of Williams College students like pull up in their van and they they were just I don't know why they came but I just had to do they, this the word got out <laughs> that you were farming they, naked they were happy I just sort of like turned slowly and tried to blend into the earth <laughs> <laughs> just burrowing into the ground like <laughs> and then later on after I got dressed and was trying to explain about the farm it was just like the looks on their faces were so uh, <laughs> distracted <laughs> so yeah you gotta at least farm in a bathing suit at least at, at least. least that's good advice wow, <laughs> that's good to know yeah <laughs> And rain gear and muck boots on the rainy days. Uh, <laughs> what you, time do you guys oh. get up in the morning? So the work day starts at 6.30. So, um, I mean, I'm, I still work in Albany, so I get up at 5.45, go on a run, and then I leave the house at 6.30. But, but the farm work day starts at 6.30. 6.30, huh? That's not bad. I thought they were going to say like four or some, you know, some nutty stuff. Nah, that's yeah. dairy. Dairy farmers. Oh, oh man. You, oh, yeah. I wanted to mention that. You guys don't have uh, animals. We have uh, chickens for meat and chickens for eggs. Oh, you do have chickens for meat. So mm-hmm. uh, you guys aren't, uh, you're not vegan? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Now we have, we have more in common. Now. <laughs> so you, you actually crack the chicken's neck and eat the chicken? No, no, there's well, no. It's not that simple. No, like it's that. not like they, that. They all die. They die of old age. They, they're not. They're not murderers. <laughs> no, we kill a lot of animals. Actually, do you really? Uh, yeah, yeah, hundreds like, of animals every year. Does OxyClean take For out what? chicken blood? <laughs> I haven't tried that yet. Mm-hmm. I think right. I'm going to have to get a white raincoat. <laughs> like, she comes out like Dexter. These chickens are done. Wait, I want to know about killing animals. So do you eat, kill the animals to eat or do you kill them to stay away from your food crop? What? Or both? We sometimes do, well, yeah, we sometimes do. you kill them for sacrifices too, right? And what? All yeah, of now the we're above. getting personal. So, but I, I, I know this stuff. I know a lot about that stuff. That's the only reason I said it. Sorry. <laughs> JB owns a farmer's almanac. So he's <laughs> so just to be clear, because I want to nah, clear jo- Jonah knows why I, know I want to clear up this sacrifice yeah, yeah. thing so okay. when people are like oh we'll do sacrifice and stuff so the the whole thing is that people eat meat right mm-hmm. uh, so 
when you kill the animal to eat it for dinner to share with your people the only difference between industrial ag and the sacrifice is industrial agriculture that animal was tortured killed parts of it were wasted and then you ate it with quote unquote sacrifice the animal is killed the blood is given back to the earth in gratitude and there's prayers said and the animal is honored and then you eat it that's the only difference but if a white man doesn't get paid off of that it's just horrible like we do you know as capitalism it's like no profit it's <laughs> Therein lies the problem. <laughs> That's why it's controversial. Basically, it must be evil. Right. People just feeding themselves and yeah, thinking the earth. What, do you think, what are you doing? Uh, so you guys do have animals. A few. You have chickens and what else did you say? Just and a dog. Oh. and bears. But you don't kill the dog. <laughs> no, the bears. no, the, the dog. dog man. You should see the dog cat. The dog can catch rabbits. It's amazing. Oh, to watch it. oh nice. so so yes, we 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 there are there is some death of animals to yeah. protect our crop. Um, yeah. We raise chickens. They live for the, for the chickens we kill for meat. They live for ten to eleven weeks, and um, and then we we process them and sell them. Okay. Um, and then we have we have chickens for eggs as well. How many chickens? I'm do coming you think to get you some have? chicken from you guys. It's that's a completely really different thing, chicken. you know. Yeah. Yummy. It's a completely different. We thing. had to teach our children not to be snobs because my son he was raised on this like farm chicken. It's really good, <laughs> like free range, <laughs> organic, amazing. And then he went to some potluck, and someone had like. Industrial chicken, chicken price chopper and chicken. He's like, Mom, what is this, this shit? What is it? Not chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, you can't. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know about oh, farm right, chicken, chicken products. You can't be a snob about this. <laughs> Good to know. No, so we do uh, how many this year? Two hundred meat birds. We're doing four runs of fifty. Yeah. So oh, two, so that's a lot of chickens. Two hundred meat, meat birds, birds, and then um, that's great. I don't know. We're we're not doing. We're not selling our eggs this year. We're just having like a happy educational flock because eggs lose money. Mm-hmm. Oh, eggs lose money. Really? They do. Yeah. It's kind of sad because they're delicious. Oh dang! So like. Now, what are the expenses in eggs oh, that, like the that, that stuff make... Or? No, no, the feed, the, the, feed, the birds themselves oh, yeah, and the true, feed. So true. if you were going to like actually break even on a dozen eggs at our scale, you'd need to charge like 6 or $7 a dozen, and that's just not tenable. Uh, are they bigger than eggs in a store or something or different? No. They're just regular. No, they I taste mean, they, different. They're higher in nutrients, but... Oh, okay. People people in the Capital District can't afford that. People in New York City and Boston... Oh, they buy them for they that much. They buy $8. People shop at Whole Foods. Exactly. That's okay. right. Exactly. But that's not who we're feeding. No. But that's only like $2, $2 more than they're like selling farm farm free range eggs at And like those aren't Hannaford even free range. Like yeah. they just take the animals out of the cages, but they're still, they're still crammed into an <laughs> right. indoor space at the right. same stocking density. Right. So it's just, it's more expensive to raise animals without torturing them is what it comes down to. Right. And people are used to having animal products liberally, right? Yeah. But in traditional societies, animal products are like spice. They're like something you add in. Right. Like you have an egg a couple times a week. You have meat on Sunday. Mm. And so because our culture has become so addicted to animal products, you expect to have three eggs every day and yeah. a steak every night. The demand to cheapen it has led to and, this And not just three torture. eggs. Like you open a carton of eggs and they're like pure white and they've got a red stamp on them like each yeah, like one. What? Have you seen that shit? <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. It is really weird. Individually wrapped eggs even though they have a shell already. It's like, <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So meat is a spice. Right. Uh, I definitely want to try one of those eggs though now that you've... Yeah, yeah they're really And chicken. The chickens. Oh, we got to do a brunch with omelets and stuff. And we'll feed you. Yeah. That's I'm, what you're saying, I'm right? I'm definitely down with that. Right. Yeah, I'm going right. to wear a full hazmat suit, though, because I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still tick shy. Tick shy. Tube socks. Oh, you just need a friend sock. to check your body in the evening. <laughs> I know. That's why I do, Or I need more mirrors, I think is what I need in, in my bathroom. I need like six mirrors at, on the floor, all different angles, because they, <laughs> they get every. They, they can get anywhere. <laughs> that's like what I 
learned. <laughs> I have a lot more body than you, Search Tulia. You forget. Like this is like a full. I would need to take the afternoon off <laughs> to do this. <laughs> I'd be, like calling my white slaves to help. Uh, tick check, sir. Tick check. Time for my tick, tick check. check. Uh, Nick, can we? Uh, I know it's getting a little late. Can we do? Can we play like one or two songs so that we can come up with a shout out list? We'll take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Rebel Diaz and Prince. All right, cool. All cool. right, cool. Uh, so talk, talk for like um, yeah. two more minutes. I'll so, set my laptop up. Yeah, I just we'll want to uh, remind people of, of uh, one or two things. Uh, first of all, uh, May 4th, uh, which is a Wednesday, it's coming up. We have a show with Odyssey and Good Company. It's going to feature Thump Gospel and Beat Shot All Stars, which Beat Shot All Stars is just like whoever from Beat Shot is like sober and in the city that day will we'll <laughs> do a song. So it's usually like JB or Gato or myself or Anissa. So, so people which from Beat Shot will be All three of us are pretty are much. Much yeah. Not sober. During yeah, those we're usually times. not sober during the shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is May fourth. Uh, Odyssey, who if you haven't seen him, uh, amazing artist, good company is his band, and uh, they're they're just starting their tour. Albany is the second stop on the tour, uh, so we're really looking forward to this show. Uh, every time he comes up, it's it's usually uh, really impressive. He's performed at the Beach Shop Music Festival a few times, uh, and last time he performed here was just a DJ set. This time he'll actually be uh, rocking the stage. So uh, right. May fourth, if you want tickets, go to beachshopmusic.com backslash odyssey that's o-d-d-i-s-e-e and uh we hope to see you all there we're also going to have some uh beat shot t-shirts that uh nobody else has seen yet they're going to be 10 bucks and uh we're actually uh, we actually have a shirt for each of you guys tonight leah and jonah you're the, you're the first two people to have these t-shirts they uh they, they yes. resemble the hoodies we'll awesome. put a we'll put a picture up in a second uh so those will be available uh for 10 bucks on may 4th uh you can only get them at the show so definitely get cop those tickets. I'm glad you plugged that show. Um, yep. But also Sunday before our show, Sunday again, uh, the Crafted Show with Daniel B. Summerhill. It's a poetry showcase and a book signing. He's releasing his second book. Um, this young gentleman comes from Oakland, New York, and he he came over here and he has definitely made a name for himself on the poetry scene. You know, one of the first Beach Shot episode pod, uh, podcasts we did, we, we featured his book, which was Boys on Stoops or yep. something. Brown Boys. On Brown Stoops. Boys on Stoops And yep. we read a segment Of his poetry That was like the second Or third episode yep. Of the Beach Out Radio Podcast Now yep. look at us On the 50th anniversary And uh, he's got a second book Coming out already Crazy that's, Crazy That's Sunday so, That's Sunday um, It's, it's going to be A live showcase Book release signing For Crafted That's the name of the book It's the uh, highly Anticipated full length book Of original poems By Daniel Summerhill um, And it's also going to be A poetry showcase With Amani, Tanisha Smith Dan, uh, Danielle Collins D. Collins And Daniela 2C Watson Okay And it's D. Collin No S D. D. No Collin. S yeah, no D. Collin was on the show once She caught me yeah, With that D. Collin Yep That's gonna be Sunday At Steamer 10 At 7pm Perfect Make sure you get there Cool uh, So at Beach Shot Radio Keep it locked We're gonna come back With more Soul Fire Farm Beach Shot After Dark 50th anniversary uh, So Nate Take us out Boom Beach Shot Back in
Oh, no. 
This just makes me feel old Never thought that we could become someone else's hero Man, we were just in the food court Eating God get rose Yesterday, that's the way Every single morning I try to pray Grandma and them, they never forgot Nothing else really mean nothing to me I ain't studying to be Talking to me Girl, why you up with me? Move on, ain't nothing to see Always from the song I'm the wrong, off the rip Cause of him, all of them will remember the men, not they fell in love with rap Black like having your cousin back Blue like when that rent is due Cream like when I'm loving you See the stars all the way from here. Can't you see the glow on honey, honey? I can see the stars all the way, honey, honey. I can see the stars all the way, honey, honey. I can see the stars all the way from here. Can't you see the glow on the window pane? can feel the sun whenever you're near Every time you touch me, I just melt away
taste like a night of champagne As I kiss you again and again and again and again Everybody ask me why I'm smiling out from ear to Back on my name Ladies and gentlemen uh, Oh wait No we're not doing it anymore La Familia Beach Out Familia Welcome back to Beach Out Radio At Beach Out Radio on Twitter Yeah uh, We're know. back with Soul Fire Farm It is Beach Out After Dark And it is our, our 50th anniversary Here at Beach Out uh, I just want to say We had uh, What I believe is a Check-in record, record Going on tonight For tonight's <laughs> 50th anniversary episode So a lot of people Were checking in We hope we got everybody I, I know a few people Always fall through the cracks But hopefully we got everybody uh, So we'll do the shout out list And then we're going to talk about Soul Fire Farm, some of the programs and initiatives that they have going underway. A lot of people were tweeting us asking how they can get chickens, how they can get dirty. Some people want to be white slaves, so we're going to just we're, we're give you guys an opportunity. Part time white slave, part-time. weekend white slaves. Yes. So we're going to give you guys an opportunity to talk about those initiatives. Let me give these shout outs though, because I got to put these. I got to put respect on these names. Let's put respect on all these names. Yeah. Shout out to Tanisha <laughs> on the check in. Shout out to Cleanne on the check in. Oh, okay. Dan Beck, Benji, Matt Murray, Amanda. Amani, Jaya, Amy Rose, Scout, Lindsay, DJ Italy, Nashima, she's one of the Soul Fire Kids, and Emmett is also one of the Soul Fire Kids, Armando Ortiz, Courtney, Miss Bliss, Pop-Tart, Mike Thornton, Stephanie Miller, shout out to my boy Gordon Mills, Jackie Williams, DJ Lady L, Sophia, Ada Harper, Adi, Chris Scully, Dennis Earl, Jessica, Deborah, Taina, Mari Kush, and of course, Albany Distilling Company. Hey, that was Now I just list. put respect on all those names. All those names. Respect to all, all those all names. All three of them. <laughs> Yo, when we first started doing a podcast, this is a this is a Beat Shot Radio podcast memory. Uh, we used to just interrupt the show whenever one person would tweet us. So we'd be like in the middle of a conversation about like <laughs> about like uh, like police brutality, and then we'd be like, oh, hang on, someone just tweeted us. Uh, shout out to Ted in we'd be uh, Wisconsin. So, we'd be so happy we got a tweet. <laughs> so like one night, the, we got so many people. I'm like, yo, we should just start uh, making a list and just do it at some point in the break or something because it, it just got to be too much. But, but when you have three listeners, it was I easy. Didn't JB <laughs> stop the show at one point? You guys got a tweet of like free toothpaste yes, or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, JB will stop the show for anything. <laughs> hold up, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's like, I just got a coupon for Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> real. So, so tell us, tell us some of the things you have going on. You mentioned the farmers immersion. Um, what, what else? Do you, what do you guys do? Where can people find this information? Woo. Uh, our our website soulfirefarm.org is loaded with all different opportunities for those of you interested in actually receiving food from us uh, we deliver our food through a weekly farm share program for 20 weeks throughout the, the season from late June I'm signing up for that that's uh, late June through early November um, so again you can sign up right online that's our, called our farm share program oh wait a minute shout out to Goldtooth yep okay. <laughs> that was Dan Beck that's Dan Beck <laughs> I, know, I know but Goldtooth okay um, for those of you interested in becoming commercial farmers we have a season-long apprenticeship that lasts seven months you can sign up next year we also have a week-long immersion program for aspiring black and latino farmers those are all full for this year but please um you know if you're interested in something like that get on the get, put your name in get on on the list um because we do give priority to people on the waiting list can and they get on do. the list now yeah, absolutely. yeah yeah you can absolutely. fill out the forms and 
Yeah, and we have every month we have a community work day. So from eight to one, we get our hands dirty. You know. Make, growing food together and Is that White trails. Slave Day? Is that White Slave Day? That's all fire well, farm. It's a very rainbow colored day. And then we have a potluck lunch and good deep conversations. And if you don't like working that much, it's okay to show up at like 11 and work hey. for like lesser hours. And then as I long as you language. But you got to bring good food to the potluck. Hey, no there you go. There you go. Doritos are good. Hey, there we go. Oh. We're back on board. All right. I could get down with an occasional Dorito. You know? yeah. And uh, one one program that Sheets we're one chip we are introducing <laughs> yeah one chip uh, we're introducing a, a program that's targeted working with people who um, have white privilege this is called our undoing racism farmers immersion oh this is the white hey, slave now it is. we're figuring it. it all right okay we found it no they're not slaves they actually pay they to attend yeah, oh it's slaves. even better than slavery oh my god you found you found a way to trump slavery this is great <laughs> we did it <laughs> we're solving racism at so far far. Right. Somewhere on the on the oh, spite man. and love spectrum, that, yes. yeah. you know. Talk about there spite. We so, um, and yeah, and then we have a pretty uh, amazing. I like to think a pretty amazing dance party, uh, June twenty fifth. Yeah, solstice party. Solstice. Oh, I, yeah. I barely Parties. remember that from last year. Yeah, yeah that was barely. a good time. I, I, I very DJ well Master. remember unless I um, passed out in, in the rain uh, in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> it was our it was our first interaction. It was a comfortable <laughs> barn. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, no ticks that day, and I was passed out yeah. in a barn. No ticks. Concrete floor never felt so comfortable. Right? Yeah. yeah, so so we we totally hang a aerial silk trapeze from the trees yeah. and then light it up and right. dance on it. It's wild. Oh, it that, that's it Leah's blast. Leah's other life is an aerial silk trapeze artist. In addition to uh, a priestess of oh yeah, and a farmer and a she national like priestess. What is the word? What is the right word? Yawo. 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 But that's for that helps people like connect know what it like connect the dot a little. So, but yeah. Yawo is the the year after initiation. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'm trying to speak to the the white. Audience. I appreciate the, the white. La- I appreciate the layman. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the layman's. Cool. I'm um, speaking to my people. <laughs> uh, yeah, Solstice was, was a blast. Intel was there. He drove me home. Thankfully, uh, yeah. Shout out to Intel. That was a good time. Uh, so, two things I want to touch on quickly. Uh, the first is uh, Thursday. Rebel Diaz is having a. Um, I think it's their uh, 20th anniversary. Uh, uh, JB, do you know it was Thursday was that the 20th anniversary of Rebel Diaz? Uh, True was talking about it earlier. Uh, he wanted to go down. It, it is the 20th. Okay. Um, so uh, Rebel Diaz was in the news recently because he confronted Ted Cruz at a restaurant in the Bronx, and uh, uh, because some black pastors in the area were meeting with Ted Cruz, and Rebel Diaz, who's a reporter and a hip hop activist, was basically saying, "Why are you meeting with Ted Cruz? Uh, he is a climate change denier." And he went on to say that the um, the the Bronx and poor communities in, in particular, and immigrant communities, are the front lines of environmental racism, and they deal with climate change every single day. Uh, I was wondering if you guys had. Uh, could I, I know this is like a massive topic to discuss, but do you guys have any um, perspective on Leah's like ways? preparing herself? I see her well, over there. She's well, like, no, I, I, I feel like you guys are the perfect people to ask. But th- can you guys think yeah. of any like quantitative ways that um, communities of color, poor communities, and immigrant communities are impacted by um, climate change and global warming that we may not be aware of? Uh, because it's kind of something that I think people in cities and urban communities don't really think about climate change. It's like, oh, it's hot today, or it didn't I mean, snow this like winter. I mean, it's like the cause of the freaking Syrian war refugee crisis Mm -hmm. is drought Mm -hmm. it was drought so people were unable to farm there was uh, weak government support for farmers mass migration Mm -hmm. and that type of starvation Mm -hmm. uh, is a breeding ground for quote unquote radical militant whatever that sort of that upheaval and it happened I mean I 
saw my own eyes when I was living in Ghana. The the chief of the village that I lived in would mark on the side of his doorpost when the rain started and when they ended every single year. Okay. Um, because that's what you plant by. Mm-hmm. And every single year, that rainy season was getting shorter. Wow. And every single year, they were struggling because the seeds are adapted to a longer rainy season. Mm-hmm. And so, Sub-Saharan Africa is is uh, suffering with this lack of water and it's causing it's causing huge unrest do the seasons get shorter he- here have you guys noticed any like differences in that here and could that be impacting food prices uh- absolutely okay. I mean you know that the apples right this year there's That's not gonna be too many apples yeah, 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 like, yeah. but I mean what we experience is really erratic weather so like we'll have one warm winter and then a super cold winter yeah, yeah. and then we'll have an early spring and then we'll have a late spring and so as a farmer you're the, like the whole point of, of farming like what makes you successful is knowing the earth well enough to predict and to plan yeah, yeah. and so that's been hard on us like when there's a, a warm winter all the pests don't die the ticks mm-hmm. don't die you know and Aww. so then you spend half your time the following season like picking bugs off your plants yeah. so, you so and, and that food. directly impacts people who are already in food deserts and don't have good access to food it impacts the pricing and what's even available exactly. so okay. yeah. I wanted also you use this term food desert I, I feel like we wouldn't do this show justice without um, naming this term that we think is more appropriate called food apartheid oh um, and we got to give credit to our uh, incredible elder um, Karen Washington, Karen Washington, who's doing work in the in the in the Bronx and really actually all over the world at this point um, around uh, black farming and mm-hmm. and food liberation. Um, but food apartheid just seems so much more appropriate when we talk about a desert. Desert is a natural phenomenon; it can be a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a biome. What's what's happening in in our communities is not a natural phenomenon; it's intentional uh, segregation, which is the the apartheid. So, unfortunately, is, some of the deserts actually aren't really natural phenomenon but I, get, but I get your yeah. point and I think that it has more bite to it food apartheid yes. so the, and uh, for those people who may not know it's just uh, communities and neighborhoods that are kind of deprived access to good food healthy food affordable food um, because of capitalism essentially um, yes. uh, and, and these are usually uh, poor and, and black communities um, exactly okay so uh uh, where were we? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so these are just some of the ways that uh, this has, uh, like, climate change has impacted people on the front lines, particularly like poor communities. So it's important to think about. I think it's something that people in, in urban communities don't necessarily think about all the time because, you know, because we're distracted by everything else that's happening. You know, and we think well, we're not farming necessarily, so we this isn't really impacting us. But I just wanted to touch on that and also shout out to Rebel Diaz um, and congrats on their on their twenty year uh, reunion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then lastly. You guys had a um, a photo that you put up paying an homage to Prince, I believe. Yes, uh, I think I saw it on Instagram. You believe correct? Okay. Uh, Prince passed away the, uh, this week. He actually passed away the day after our uh, Wednesday was the day after we had done Beach Out Radio. Um, so now we're you know almost a, a week uh, removed from that. And uh, since then, there have been a lot of tributes and a lot of information coming out about Prince. And he just had such a big impact on um, the the world and pop culture, and particularly like black communities. And I just want to know what uh, moved you guys to kind of do that tribute to him, and uh, what ways has Prince kind of like impacted what even what you you guys did mm. I mean, he was just a beautiful being. Like he, he, he put everything out there with so much love, 
and so much power. Um, he challenged the corporate music industry. He challenged uh, sexual identity. Like he just he just fucked it all up, you know. And and you never knew what he was gonna do. And and not to mention musically, he was a genius. He it was way ahead of his time. And so just growing up in in that era, growing up at the same time that Prince was creating so much material, there's no way I could be untouched by that. Even even as kind of a hip hop head myself, it was yeah. like you knew you knew when Prince was around. Mm. Um, yeah, it definitely seemed like it was felt by a, a huge spectrum of like communities and people. I, like Prince's impact is just so like phenomenally. Uh, True True Master had a show uh, dedicated to him. I believe that night, that night that he passed away, he kind of changed his whole everything he was doing about that show. And uh, and True, by the way, True and JB and Steve had to, had to leave. They stepped out, um, but uh, True was really uh, impacted by the mm-hmm. loss of Prince. And I didn't even realize until that happened how how much of a connection uh, True Master uh, had to Prince's music and Prince's influence. So um, some of us saw that firsthand. And uh, you know, I, I the first thing I thought of, uh, and one of my best friends thought of when we heard that Prince died was like, our uh, we're glad our parents weren't around to see it because my mother was like so. Uh, into Prince's music I actually have a bunch of uh, Her records in my basement at, Right now And a lot A lot of his Prince stuff And I was like wow mm. Glad mom was around to see this Because she'd be pissed Like that you know? uh, uh, But yeah uh, Just a huge impact Leah, did you have anything You want to add to that Or were you not really you, you weren't allowed to watch cartoons Or listen to Prince Until you, till you were in your In your late 20s right So this is what <laughs> Yeah so like I had the radio And then I would record On those little tape like oh, radio yeah. songs because yeah, I didn't have yeah, money yeah. for albums. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I liked Prince too, like everybody else, but I don't feel like I have anything deep to say. And I thought it was beautiful how you guys all dressed in purple and, and, and purple and, day on the farm and it, had purple day on the farm. It was it was purple day, and um, I was the only one with purple, so I passed my purple around because I love purple. Oh. Um, and 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 the the purple asparagus decided to poke its head through the no. on that very day. day. Oh wow! The first purple. Asparagus. Clearly, Prince is farming from beyond the grave. So beyond. Did you Instagram that? <laughs> I'm, 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 my fingers are oh, muddy. <laughs> I enjoyed it for myself. All right, all right. Is that selfish? <laughs> yes. Uh, if, you, if you didn't Instagram it, did it really happen? I mean, did it did exactly. Happen? Did it happen? I ate it. On social did media? it happen? Um, I just want to. Are we just going to take you for your word? Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't buy this at all. It was regular asparagus. Admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow, uh, <laughs> I just want to thank you guys so much for being here. This was uh, a really, this was really uh, for me. It was a, it was an informative episode. Uh, you mentioned we took the music break really late because the conversation was just like flowing. I was like, mm. uh, people need this information. So uh, thank you guys for bringing that wealth of information. Uh, it's soulfirefarm.org, right? If they want to learn more about yep. what you guys yep. are doing specifically and get involved on the, uh, you have the farm share, which I, which I, what do I call that? Like Netflix for Netflix vegetables. for vegetables. Netflix, which for uh, vegetables. True does, and, and a lot, many people I know are are involved in this. And you guys will like actually bring the vegetables to people's houses, or not? Just, I don't know. Is it just vegetables? Or just a bunch of stuff. It's right? vegetables, yeah. and it can be eggs or, or sprouts for the vegans, oh, okay. or you know, for cool. your protein. Um, so it's very cool. And uh, you do? Uh, did you run out, or do you have a few of those? We left? have a few left. A few, a few slots left. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, go to the uh, website soulfirefarm.org. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Just uh, is there anything else you guys want to mention or shout out before you go? Remember, this is going to be on our podcast, which is now available on Google Play Music. So subscribe. I just want to say I don't stay up past my bedtime for like anybody. <laughs> and I'm I'm staying up for y'all, so I love you. I really appreciate. I see you nodding off there. No, I'm that tired. We get up early. <laughs> yeah, you got like a half hour drive home. Forty five minutes. Oh wow. Okay, so this it's over. All right, all right, guys. We done. Uh, we done. Thank you.
Thank you. Uh, this is Masai signing off of at Beach Eye Radio. Uh, wait, I gotta get you. Put some, res- put some respect put some on respect on my that's name. That's right. That's right. That's right. Wait, I gotta turn that down. Put some respect on it. Uh, DJ Nate the Great signing off. And if you guys stop playing with my name, goodbyes. Yeah, peace and love, uh, family. Peace and blessings. Bye. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. We all finished or y'all done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. All right. I'm done. I'm done with that. Be 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 Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress I'm so possessive Hey, so check, check necklaces. Oh, uh, just a reminder Next Tuesday, we sold the show is going to be at the Nitty Gritty Slam At uh, the Lobby in Albany We are not going to be having a, uh, a Beat Shot Radio episode next Tuesday Because we're going to be down at uh, Low Beat Supporting We Stole the Show And uh, Amani and everybody down there doing the Nitty Gritty Slam So thanks to Amani for tweeting us to remind, remind us that So right. see you guys then Alright, bye Be, 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 be,